Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Knights of the D-Pad. Today, we have a packed episode. We're going to be talking about Minecraft. We're going to be talking about Blizzard. We're going to be talking about Petri dishes. And (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we are. He's not wrong, wrong, but... Yeah, that's content packed. New this is the content we're all new stuff for. for Valorant and uh, the other one. What's the other one? <laughs> <laughs> What's wow. that other big What's game? The other big game? <laughs> What's that other game that just happens to have one of the largest player fan bases in the world? Yeah, I no. couldn't tell you. I, ah. It doesn't. I think I don't know. I only like indie games. I think you're talking about ET. I think it's that <laughs> one. E. T. Riot is just a small <laughs> for the indie Atari. Game. A small indie company, Riot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. to Welcome to episode three. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through and introduce uh, everyone. We've got over here. Hi, this is Ben. Uh, what do I say? That that'll work. That'll, that'll work. Works. Aiden here. I'm here because everyone knows we're here. Is yeah, yeah. Uh, it's me, Court. <laughs> it's a me, Court. It's a me, Mario. Mushroom Kingdom. Mushroom Kingdom. Here we go. Oh no. And rounding out the four of us is me, Kyle. Oh, man. Yeah. Good fun stuff. <laughs> Mushroom Kingdom. Here, Here we, we come. Go. Here we come. It's even more depressed and less Italian. <laughs> <laughs> just the more Chris Pratt you can go. You just go Stephen walking. <laughs> oh, no. It's Chris, a- <laughs> uh, Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, here, we, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Speaking of here we going, uh, I want to jump right <laughs> into, because we're going into... That sounded better in my head. Um, yeah, it didn't come out. <laughs> okay. Mind if we jump straight into the mob vote, guys? Because like I'm real excited. You're just about real this. excited. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. Let's you guys do feel it. Good about this. Sure. Explain okay. it to me. So, um, a lot of you listening may have already heard of this, and as we're recording, the mob vote is live right now. I don't know whether or not it will be live by the time you guys listen to this episode. That depends on when you open up your streaming platform and listen to our episode. But um, I hope you voted. Mob vote for what? I don't think you told them what it is. Sorry. Minecraft is going to introduce a new mob to the game, and they're holding a vote to pick which of three options it will be. This is the, what is it, third or fourth mob vote they've done. Um, And this is our chance to get one that doesn't become like hated by the community afterwards like the phantom glow and the glow squids. squid what the heck is it shows how much i know about minecraft yeah. in the last couple of years yeah. what the heck is the like glow squid. was a mob vote thing the phantom mm-hmm. was yeah, a mob it was vote. phantom the, LA. no phantom glow squid then LA. why no, would you LA vote for the phantoms the though they're awful yeah, whose so, idea so it was there was a this like guardian looking blaze creature Ooh. there was this squid monster and then there was the phantom and then there was like ooh, flying there, there was the the trapper was a little trapper thing yeah, the trapper. Trap, yeah, like, um, and there were those ones, and then the people picked the the phantom because we didn't have many flying mobs. That was like the thing that really sold it. And then the they phantom got added, and everyone hates it. Did um, they just not read the patch notes of the mob vote? They're all like, oh, I don't need to know what this the does. The mob scary vote was burp. very. Um, it was going to be a hostile mob that was already known, and it was very vague. Like they gave this like super stylistic thing. And no one had any idea that it was going to be that annoying. It's annoying. Very Since annoying. Then, unpopular been, opinion. I like the Phantom. You like the Phantom? Because you cool. like having to sleep? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, I personally, I like sleeping anyways. Well, I like sleeping, but only in real life. In games, it sucks. Well, um, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, there's been on, yeah. multiple mob votes. This would be the fourth, because the first one gave us the Phantom, and then we got the Glow Squid, then we got the LA, uh, which Olay. is honestly the only one that like is pretty well-beloved. 
Remind um, me what the Olay is. I've been playing so a lot it's of this little, like, blue but... spirit creature you can rescue. Oh, from I villagers. love the Olays. Yeah. Other than and, the fact huh. that the cages that they're kept in have a hole in the top of them, so they just fly away. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the heck? really helpful. They can gather items for you. Yep. Interesting. Um, and then this is the fourth one. Now, our three options are these the Tough Golem, the Rascal, and the Sniffer. And I'm going to describe all of them. The Tough Golem, they've been, tr- they've been trying to get a new Golem in the game for a while, but people keep voting for other things. <laughs> You can tell they're excited to put a new golem, though, because it's been pretty consistently that they've been having golems as options. The tough golem is kind of like a walking display stand. It's a small one-block-tall creature that you can craft in a crafting table and then place. Uh, When you give it an item or it just finds one on the floor, it'll hold it and display it in this little, like, if you look at the picture, right, it looks like it's wearing this kind of skirt thing. That's not a skirt. It's more of a... uh, it's a cloth that it'll, like, stretch out in front of itself to, to display the item on. And they'll sort of, like, randomly go in intervals of walking versus standing still. And that's that's tough golems. They're pretty simple. They're the most simple of all of these. Um, a lot of people are trying to push for tough golem. They really want a new uh, golem added to the game, a new craftable mob. Oh, so um, just so and and some cute. people have made the argument, you know, hey, look, we already have Reggie Ice because we have... Snow golems. We have Reggie Steel because we have Iron golems. We need Reggie Rock with the tough golem. (laughs) Reggie Rock. Yeah. Um, But that's the tough golem. It's the simplest one. The Rascal is probably going to be more complex game-wise, and this it's earned itself a lot of popularity because of that. This little guy will hide below the diamond layer, but not as far down as the deep dark, in that little gray area in between. Um, And he plays hide-and-seek. So if you find him three consecutive times, he'll give you an item. Now, currently, they've only demonstrated him giving an enchanted iron pickaxe, which is really exciting for early game. But by the time you've gotten down to the diamond layer and are consistently mining in that area, you've probably already surpassed iron tools. So a lot of people worry uh, that the rascal has incredibly limited utility. But at the same time, he sounds like he'll be the most fun, per se, at least in my perspective. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you get to play this little game of hide-and-seek with this with this mob. That sounds like fun. That sounds like this this element of personality that a lot of Minecraft mobs simply don't have. I mean, the LA has a ton of personality, but that kind of sets it apart from everything else. You know? And you most, don't see it very often. And you don't see yeah, it very no. often. And most Minecraft mobs are very basic in the way they behave. So having this extra bit of personality is kind of fun and very alluring. And a lot of people just like the look of it. I mean, look, out of all of them, I think the Rascal is my favorite appearance-wise. He looks great. Yeah. Uh, the last one is the Sniffer. And this thing looks like a grass cow. Um, <laughs> it really, yeah. I think it's going to be the biggest of the mobs, but they'll have a adult and baby versions. Mm-hmm. You find the baby versions in eggs in sunken ruins. Oh. You bring them to the to the surface, you can hatch them on dry land, and what they'll do is they'll sniff out seeds from long extinct plants that you can then start planting. Now, a lot of discussion online assumes that the sniffer is going to win. That's what I've seen. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of like I've been I've been looking at the discussion online, YouTube, Reddit, especially Reddit. Uh, there's been a lot of toxic arguments and people making ridiculous memes, but largely it seems like the largest fan base goes to the sniffer because of a few reasons. Number one, it adds a whole bunch of new plants to the game. Um, And like, we know that's going to be more than one plant because they're using the plural when they first introduced it. So we know that it creates a lot of content. 
Um, a lot of people expect it to add a lot more lore to the game, which I think is very popular right now. Lore? It's Minecraft. Uh, you Minecraft should watch lore. Minecraft is, lore is a hot topic right now. Yeah. Yeah. Matt like, Pat's breakdown of, of course. Minecraft lore. Yeah, he's yeah. making yeah, Minecraft lore be. very popular. People are excited to get lore from the sniffer and to get more plants. I think as far as longevity goes, the sniffer is going to be the most useful for the longest because of the addition of these plants. We could have more crops. That's one thing that I've always thought, like, I know there's significantly more food options than there used to be in Minecraft, but... I, I will say, I believe, I might be wrong here, but Ooh. I do believe that uh, Mojang did come out and say that all of the plants added with the sniffer will be purely cosmetic. None of them will be food. Uh, so well, then at that point... That's that, my idea. That definitely I does think... cut away from the, the continued functionality. Oh, there goes that idea. Yeah. So, like, I'm still a little divided, because, like, I like the tough golems aesthetically, but... That's as far as it goes. I think mm-hmm. the rascal is the most fun. I wanted all the extra utility from the sniffer, but if it's just going to be cosmetic, that's really just decorations, and it's pretty, but well, so is the tough gold. I feel like <laughs> in terms of like functionality, I feel like ra- the rascal mob has the most potential to just like alter some code so that it maybe detects what items you have regularly. And right. if it's like, oh, you always have enchanted diamond, okay, then we're going to give you enchanted diamond stuff from yeah, the sniffer. because I mean, if, the if they program the rascal to read your inventory and tell what items would actually be relevant to you, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They haven't indicated that they're going to do that, but if they're smart, that's what they would do if the rascal wins. Well, and it would be very easy to change in the code. Like, I, all you like, do is just put in some parameters, and then you yeah. fix it. Whereas, like, the tough golem, you're like, well, why do you can't change anything? Right. Yeah. Worst case scenario, someone just mods that Well, to be rascals. frank, <laughs> like, I'm sure people are already making and working on mods that they're about to release for whichever two don't win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. You know? Um, you know, the so, thing is, they're probably going to be implemented before the actual Yeah, that's they might. true. They might. Especially now that we know what they look like. That's, mm-hmm. that's um, very true. So, so, actually, I have... Just a small thing. I want to okay. like give my kind of personal opinion. Okay. Um, I actually, I was on the big sniffer uh, like mm. bandwagon. I thought it was the most interesting. It like gave the most utility. But like <clears throat> it will depend on what the tough golem does. Because if the tough golem, like if how control, how much control you have over the tough golem. Because if you're able to say like, hey, sit and stay, I want you to be just a permanent display piece for me. If you're able to do that with, like, say, say, put like put it on a redstone signal or something, I think that would be pretty nice. But if I, if I give it a, a diamond sword, like my first diamond sword, and say, okay, this is very imp- uh, special to me, don't lose it, and it just walks away and somehow ends up in my iron golem farm and just burns. It's just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, there goes I my diamond sword, happen. I guess. Because, and so yeah, I don't want to just be randomly wandering around when I want it to sit still. In their announcement, it said they, they talked about like how it's a little unpredictable whether it's going to move or not. So I'm sure that the developers are like, ooh, that sounds fun and interesting, but you bring a good point. It's like, it's going to no, lose I, your stuff. If I'm going to display something, I want it to be in a place. <laughs> I don't want to display it here and there and maybe wherever. One, you know. one of the things that I saw as like a potential use for the tough golem was basically to create like a more like living and vibrant museum in Minecraft. So like basically yeah. you could have like all these different things that you want to display and then have like a museum building and then 
tough golems would just kind of wander around and like show off your stuff oh, to everyone cool. who or walked in. you could in. do like a restaurant and the tough golems are the wait staff <laughs> and they're like, carrying around, and they're, like carrying around food. <laughs> yeah, but that's all like server applications. Like if you're playing in a single player world, who's building the museum? For, you're like, I'm going to build a museum yeah. for myself. For me. <laughs> do you, I mean, do honestly, you know nice. Minecraft players? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we do that crap all the time. Um, so I don't know. So, oh, right. Audience. We are going to all four of us cast our votes right here rascal on voted the podcast. For it, okay, <laughs> Aiden has voted for the rascal. Uh, do you want to give us your reasoning for that? I, I think that it has the most like actual application because it sounds like the tough golem is like, yeah, it's cool aesthetics, and that like kind of ends there. It's like you, mm-hmm. it, it it would exist purely for aesthetics and just for looks and stuff. It doesn't have much application now. If it had like a if if and I feel like this should be a mob at some point. If it had like a backpack and it like could travel along and pick up items for you, because like oh, the so nice the, um, like the LA, but it has the LA, the LA only picks up one item, a type, and brings it to you. Yeah. But if it was just like a tiny little like companion, basically yeah. that would like walk around like a little child that would like pick up stuff and like it, it would be like, like extra storage. It would space. look. It would like it would pick up a big item and it would look like it's way too heavy for it. It would just like this massive thing, oh, yeah. but it would yeah. like store it and then you could like right click it and. It would have like limited storage space, yeah. but I feel like the tough golem doesn't do that. It just stores, you know, yeah. has stuff. Yeah. Whereas with the rascal, I feel like, yeah, currently all we know is that it gives enchanted items mm. or it gives some kind of items. But I feel like if the player base is like, hey, Mojang, this isn't working, they can easily they go can into the code it. and just change hey, some Jeb, stuff and it's good. Jeb, are you listening to this? Lead developer of Minecraft, yeah. Jeb. <laughs> okay, tough golems, backpack, make it happen. Yeah, if you <laughs> give the tough golem a backpack and make him a travel companion. Oh, yeah, that would, I mean, that would win my well, heartbeat. Thing, oh, if the rascal is added, it does sort of set a precedence that a backpack is a thing in Minecraft, Ooh. which could be something that you, we will get access to later on saying, hey, here's something. There you, you want extra storage wild. space? Because that's that's one of the things I've seen most complained about about Minecraft. Storage space. Is storage space. Once you get yeah. to a certain point of the game, you do not have enough room in your and inventory I mean, for frankly, everything you need to carry. Yeah. did help with that with shulker boxes. Shulker mm-hmm. boxes, especially oh, because they're the a farmable mod. resource, really do... Uh, assist with storage space and plus you can put uh, chest as saddlebags on donkeys and mules just, yeah. just add um, the chest just add add the backpack mod it's not that hard yeah. that is not I mean but nothing. I love the idea of instead of even just having a backpack have a that, com- like, travel wear, companion yeah just it. having a little travel companion where the backpack is way bigger than the companion itself it's like a little <laughs> yeah. tiny like one block tall thing but the backpack is like some camping backpack yeah. and it just looks way too big so for it funny. it just make it a cute little I want that now backpack travel companion I mean I think it would be good to have a backpack for the player as well but like to have a mob whose sole purpose is to follow you around and carry your crap <laughs> pick up great. stuff yeah. yeah that would be so awesome I want that that should be the next there golem. we go look at that yeah. why are we yeah. voting on these I've just come up with a golden <laughs> Minecraft mob what is everyone Honestly. else voting for okay uh, I don't know what, what do you guys so think? it was just like go online I guess but Aiden skipped the line so oh, yeah because <laughs> I immediately yeah I did mm-hmm. I'm gonna go ahead and submit my vote for the tough golem I personally like just thinking about it I think it seems only reasonable that Mojang would add some sort of thing where you can tell the tough golem to sit still. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's like it's so easy to me to imagine, like, you just put a little redstone block or something, and it'll just sit on it and hold your stuff. And it adds a lot more, like, you know, utility with color palettes, because uh, you, you can change that little skirt with yeah. different types of wool. Oh. Yeah, so if you craft it with a specific wool color, it'll have that color, mm-hmm. which is nice. And so you can get a nice little, you know, color gradients. You can also just have, like, 
like you said, your own little museums or restaurants if you feel like it. You just, you know, create fun stuff where it has a lot more utility. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh, I'm also going to submit my vote for the tough golem. Oh, man. Mostly because I think he's just super adorable. And he I is. kind of, I low key, I want, I'm envisioning my Minecraft house right now, like in the server that I'm playing in right now. And I'm just envisioning what if it was that? But there was a bunch of tough golems, and they were all just kind of wandering around, and they were just vibing in my house. And yeah. I love that idea. You got tough golems wandering around the floor, LAs wandering around the ceiling. Well, the it's LAs perfect. follow you. Yeah, but yeah, okay, fair enough. So there we go. Um, tough okay. golem voted for. Oh, man. Kyle, what are you Comes going down with? To me. You know, at first I was going to go for the sniffer simply because I thought I had the most utility because I thought these plants were going to be useful. No, you cosmetic. Know, food, potions, stuff like that. But if it's only cosmetic, uh, I think I'm going to go for the rascal. Yeah, if you're going for util- – if utility is your – That's my thing. Well, well here's the thing. This is completely unconfirmed. This is our just own headcanon that we've made that like the rascals – can you can tame the rascal and have him follow you around with a backpack and hey, carry your stuff? No, 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 no. That was – no, no, that was a future mob. That was a future mob, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the – that the if the only downside with the rascal currently is it seems like it may only give stuff that's good for early game, but that is easily fixed with code to potentially just track the items you have. Mm-hmm. So it can, like, it can become – Way more, yeah. you know, than just... And frankly, if I'm going to give my complete honest opinion, I wish all three were added. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All three of these would be wonderful additions to the game. And, uh, yeah, but I think I'm going to stick with the Rascal. I like his design. I like the mini game uh, that he creates without, like, needing some separate UI for it, you know. Mm. It's just, he's fun. He's interesting. He could be useful uh, but at the very least, he makes exploring caves and doing caving more interesting, which I feel like ties in the best with the uh, the, the feeling of, of Minecraft, the essence of Minecraft. Yeah. Mm. So I am submitting my vote for the Rascal Two for now. two, we're tied. Two I, for two, we are tied, and I no one did really Sniffer. Hope. Well, I feel like the Sniffer has... N- Nah. It has enough support online. We don't need to get, <laughs> yeah, they don't need the R four. We've, votes. we've yeah. barely shifted. I I feel like uh, I feel like I really hope that they make it so the rascal cannot be hurt by the player. Yeah, because, because if I'm down there exploring and suddenly I see something, <laughs> I would hope, I would hope it gives it like up. they give it an like a very iconic sound that yes. makes it clear yeah. like this is not a dangerous mob. Right. It's like a, a little whistle tune or something, or it's just oh, kind of like chilling down yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, it's just some guy who's like hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> he just flat out, hello. Hello. Because it'd have to be something like that. Or like, because if I see him and I'm just exploring down there in a hey, you. dark cave, I'm going to just, I'm going to hit no, anything that isn't me. No, no, no. It's like those stereotypes, you know, like in, um, whenever there are movies about like the 20s, you know, like back in the 20s and it's like the guys who have like the medicine, they're like, hey, you. You want to check out my stuff? You know, like yeah, kind of like the, they open up. The, they open up the coat, like kind of a, a Waluigi like voice, or like uh, it's like uh, in Hercules. Want to buy a sundial? Yeah, like one of those, one of those kind of voices where it is kind of oh, like walking around. It's like, hey you, hey you, hey you, hey you. Oh, I play hide and seek. Voice acting in Minecraft, it'd be amazing. Or That's like, so I funny. like the whistling a tune idea though, because you mm-hmm. know he's just down there like. Or if, like, he laughed or something, but not, like, creepy witch No, but, laugh, like, a friendly, like, ha, you know. Actually, no, that might be terrifying yeah, in the middle of say, a, I'm down there in the dark and I just hear this. No, I, yeah. I, think, I think giving him a whistle tune or, like, a very clear and distinctive actual, like, voice line to yeah. differentiate him from yeah. any hostile mobs would make him... I, I could see them maybe doing, like, a sort of a more... 
like a version of the villagers, her, her, you know, that like uh-huh. fits better with his character. So like kind of like a, her, you know, like a, mm-hmm. I don't know, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him something <laughs> that's very, good. very clear and distinct, but I, yeah. I yeah. don't know how much Mojang is going to listen or Microsoft to that extent. Microsoft's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I mean, do. don't you know that Phil Spencer uh, and uh, Jeb no. are both active listeners of this podcast? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. They better be if they know it's good for them and yeah, their the games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the rascal is cute and all, but I swear if I see that thing scurrying across my screen while I'm like in the middle of a dark cave and I've been stressing out the whole time, <laughs> that thing is getting gatted so yeah, fast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, It'll be the animation. I'm going to just slaughter it <laughs> I think if they can make the animations and it's like walk cycle and noises very friendly like he just kind of mm-hmm. walks and then if he sees the player and you're in a cave he just like waves a cane or something just like hey how's it going yeah appear yeah, friendly wave. off the bat so That'd that you so never cute. you know end up just like i'm sure there will still be plenty of people who get jump scared by the rascal but i mean like didn't i mention this the other day like sometimes when i'm walking around my house i'm just quiet so I'll see my wife, like, you know, reading something. I'll be like, oh, what's she reading? I'll walk up behind her, and all of a sudden she'll be like, ah, when you get there? And I'm just, just because I'm not making a ton of noise. And the rascal, I'm sure, someone will be distracted. They won't hear the noise. They're going to get jump scared by it anyway. But, yeah. I'm not worried about the player getting jump scared. I'm worried about the poor rascal that jump scared them because they're going to get <laughs> hit by about a billion arrows. I don't uh, know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I imagine there will be a bunch of tweaking. Mojang will have to just kind of listen to player feedback and adjust things. And Microsoft, I mean, they've got a lot going on. I don't, I haven't played Minecraft a, a lot recently to know how good Microsoft has been with getting adjustments in. Because, I mean, ever since they've gotten Mojang, I haven't listened to it a bunch. And they just kind of like, they get these other studios and build games. Yeah. And then they're like, here. We're changing the game. And everyone's like, no, stop. Don't do that. Don't change the game. And that's kind of what people, I don't know. People aren't worried about that with the Blizzard acquisition. People are worried about the Blizzard acquisition for other reasons. For other reasons. Mm. So transitioning to that, actually. Um, so this, just recently this week, the so announced in January, Microsoft announced like their intention to buy Blizzard Activision King to acquire it for... Just under $70 billion. Oh. Billion with a B. Wait, 70? Wow. It was like 68. Yeah. Holy. $68.7 billion. I mean, Blizzard is a fairly large. Well, and for, and for and for reference, yeah. the next largest like acquisition money-wise by any company was $12.7 billion. When, it, when Take yeah. Two, the company that, that has um, Rockstar and 2K acquired some other company. So we're talking wow. like five times more money than the next than the second largest you know gaming company acquisition. Yeah. And so Microsoft yeah, announced their intentions to buy it, and countries and their various you know boards mm-hmm. and agencies that are over this have mixed feelings on it. Specifically, the one that has made the most news is the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, who has Makes been. Sense having their investigation of the buyout because like company uh, brazil has already approved it and i think saudi arabia i think is don't quote me on that but like some some companies and some nations already have and i know like the the u.s is already looking into it as well but the uk's agency and authority is the one that's most at the forefront of it and they they and and sony you know are arguing that the Microsoft buying Activision will negatively hurt the gaming market and gaming competition. I mean, that's possible. You know, that's and that's Sony big... and and the example that 
often seems to be brought up is the topic of Call of Duty because Call mm-hmm. of Duty is like the biggest of Blizzard's games that is on on PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. Sony's argument is that if Microsoft buys Blizzard then Call of Duty is eventually going to be taken off of the PlayStation and made an Xbox exclusive, and PlayStation players won't be able to play it. That's bad for competition. Microsoft, even though, you know, these Blizzard games aren't on Battle Pass, you know, on the Game Pass now, who knows in the future, they've already done it with some of their games. With all the Bethesda games. Yeah, all the Bethesda Bethesda games. It's like Fallout isn't on, you know, PlayStation anymore. That's an interesting interesting point, because all of EA's games, like most of EA's games are already on Game Pass because they've like combined EA Play yeah. and Game Pass. And so if the Activision Microsoft deal goes through, you're going to have the big three of first person shooters all being like owned by Microsoft owned or like heavily partnered with Microsoft <laughs> to the point where Call of Duty, Battlefield and Halo will all be on Game Pass. Yeah. Mm. And but, like and, that'll be a big. Well, but it's the thing is, it's like it's Sony's concern isn't Microsoft owning Blizzard. Sony's concern is that micro by owning micro by owning Blizzard, Microsoft is going to be able to take the games away from Sony, mm. and Microsoft thinks that's full of just full of crap because Microsoft has publicly said we have no intentions of taking. Call of Duty from PlayStation. Yeah, they're like we have no intention of doing that. But then they also are arguing they're like Sony is so far ahead in like the the game console sales and like the the player base. They're like Sony has you know for over twenty. This is this is like from their Microsoft's like actual response. They're like wow. Sony PlayStation has been the largest console platform for over twenty years with an install with an install base of over one hundred and fifty consoles, making it larger than. Nintendo and more than double the size of Xbox. And so they're saying the evidence shows that less less of PlayStation's monthly active users are playing Call of Duty. Even without all those players, PlayStation would still have a higher gamer base, so much significantly larger than Xbox. So Xbox, Microsoft has not only said that they have no intentions of removing Call of Duty from PlayStation, they're also arguing that if they did, Sony's player base would have it would have a, a neglig, you know, a negligible that's quite impact a, a on Sony's player for, base. That's quite a statement for Xbox to be, or for Microsoft to be making, especially with you know how heated the console wars can be. To just straight yeah. up admit, like, no, yeah, yeah Microsoft, you guys have more players than we. Microsoft do. is yeah. currently like, <laughs> taking taking the position of we are dead last in market share for video games. We this acquisition is not going to like negatively impact PlayStation, who are so far ahead that even if we theoretically did take these games off of PlayStation, their player base would still be massive. And so they are basically calling Sony out and saying your argument is flimsy and phony, yeah. and are you're just whining at this point? It's how I, they feel. I will say, I mean, I think especially I I feel like Call of Duty especially is such a massive franchise that if it were to be taken off a of PlayStation. I do feel like that would probably put a decent sized dent into PlayStation's like player base, their mm-hmm. overall like bottom line, you know, just because like so much. I mean, we're all like relatively not affiliated with not Call of Duty. Y- not affiliated, yeah. but like and also like pretty hardcore gamers who have a pretty wide range of okay. games yeah. of games that we play, but the vast, I feel like the vast majority of like casual gamers are just people who will jump on and play some Call of Duty, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, I don't know. So it's like... 
It, but it's like it's, Microsoft mm-hmm. has said they're not going to remove it. Yeah. yeah, but saying that and then consistently doing that across multiple years and multiple heads well, of I don't the know. company they, are two different things. Did yeah. they say that they weren't going to take Bethesda games off of PlayStation back when it was bought? I don't think they did. I think they just bought Bethesda, they, and I don't think they said... They said some, like, I don't know, like, mm. for instance, Deathloop was a Bethesda game, um, but it was originally announced to be a PlayStation exclusive, and then Microsoft bought... Bethesda. Bethesda, and they were like, no, 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 it'll still be a PlayStation exclusive for like a year, and then we're taking it. Did it become an Xbox exclusive? Oh, but all of Bethesda but, games are now. So, but it's like, I, it, Microsoft, if, if, if this deal goes through, which mm-hmm. it's, if it, if everything is cleared, it's supposed to go through next summer. If this deal goes through and Microsoft then turns around and turns all of the Blizzard games that are on console to Xbox exclusives, uh, I feel like they would have such a big problem on their hands that I don't think that they would want to get into that problem. Yeah, you, th- yeah. they'd be less worried about Sony's backlash at that point they'd than be I think the players' the player backlash. Based backlash. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think that, that I don't think it would even be in their best interest to take it off. So yeah. I, I think that because unlike with Bethesda games, like yeah, like the Fallout games and stuff are big, but they're not like Call of Duty levels of like this franchise has been going for like. 20 years right and, well, and Bethesda like, games are still on PlayStation are they not or do I don't know are they out? I, I thought that they I mean I know that all the old ones still I thought are. that some of, I thought that lots of the new games but maybe the new games have been well no I think there's a new game Xbox. coming out that isn't going to be let's just on, find out um, um, I mean I know there's the new there's that new one by the same maker yeah, for like the same company that made Arcane they made like Deathloop and yeah, Dishonored and um, stuff but they're part a vast of Bethesda. majority of upcoming Bethesda titles will be exclusive to both Xbox and PC yeah, according to dickserto.com um, so it's like a lot of the newer upcoming ones videogameschronicle.com Bethesda says it understands if PlayStation fans are pissed in quotation marks about <laughs> Xbox exclusivity huh. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. it's like those Bethesda games aren't Call of Duty, right? And I don't, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I think Microsoft would be really stupid to try and mess with that. But there's the thing that's assuming that corporate executives consistently make good decisions about video game development and availability, which the record, at least as far as I've seen, has proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. been a lot of corporate executives who have screwed over the quality of games that they have acquired or games that they mm-hmm. have come to be the head of the company for. It's like. I, if it were left up to the game devs themselves, I think we wouldn't have any issues. No, we wouldn't have any issues. But if it's left up to corporate executives who are just looking over their spreadsheets of information and going to please the board of directors, we're going to see some janky decisions that yeah. screw over fans for the, for the I, sake I, of profit. I just think that if, if Microsoft made Blizzard games exclusive to Microsoft, it would screw over Microsoft. Yeah, I think that they're. I but mean, do you think that they'll recognize that ahead of time? I think. I, I think, think right now you've got a guy like Phil Spencer who's pretty much in charge. I mean, he's the figurehead. He's the figurehead. Of Microsoft, and he seems like he's got enough sway and enough like genuine understanding of what makes gaming to not gaming, mess with it. To not mess with it, but. Hmm. When he eventually retires, when he leaves, when the new person yeah. comes in, you know, like next? will that same person, person have that there. same? But really, what it comes down is: Do we personally feel like Microsoft buying Blizzard is a good idea? Like, I how do, how do we feel, Kyle? You don't think it's good, I, Ben? Just, you don't? Yeah, I'm personally not a fan of these huge mm-hmm. conglomerate corporations yeah, that just same. buy everything and then. I'm pretty neutral on it. Like, I think there have been indi- there have been times where a bigger company 
like buys up a smaller, bigger company, and it were I mean, like Disney when they bought Marvel, right? Yeah, that ended up going great. But then you look at Disney, Disney, when, they Disney bought when they bought Star Wars, Lucasfilm. you know, yeah. and it's just like ah, uh, you know, like yeah. So I think this it's could like, go either way. Yeah, I, I, as somebody who I think out of us plays the. M- most blizzard well i play overwatch but i i play i am involved the most with blizzard and what i play and i've seen blizzard is not in a good spot mm. i mean their ceo is being booted out and a large with a large portion of other people in the company over the last few years because of the investigation that they had blizzard is not in a good spot and i've seen it affect overwatch and affect mm. the overwatch league and stuff they lost papa jeff and it's like uh, a lot of for the like the financial stability of Blizzard and of its games. Microsoft buying it would be good in that sense because then they suddenly get money. Because I mean, Microsoft is so massive that it's like yeah. they're not worried about that. Eighty billion is just pocket change. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. in, in, from a from a development perspective and like a support perspective from up top, Blizzard being bought by Microsoft, I think it would be a good thing for Blizzard because mm-hmm. they wouldn't just die i mean they're not dying but they're in like a weird they are they're in a weird spot right now but i feel like honestly some of the issues of blizzard reinforce my concerns which is a lot of the issues with blizzard are coming from the corporate executives who are all fired top down like people who have been doing a lot of creepy well and a lot of them are leaving they're being kicked off like bobby kotick is not going once once if microsoft buys blizzard bobby kotick's gone yeah they've already said he's being booted i don't remember what the time frame was i'm pretty sure they're just clearing house they're clearing house on all of the executives but i mean like the fact that they had to do that shows to me it's like you know a lot of issues in gaming and entertainment industries come from people in those positions making crummy choices without an understanding of how the, yeah. the game works. Yeah. And, okay, you, you've made your arguments about Phil Spencer, but I still feel like, me generally, I feel like I'm with Ben about, like, massive conglomerates are not helpful to the health of an industry. They're helpful to the health of individual companies, but not to the industry as a whole, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to things that require creative freedom and innovation, which like you might think like, oh, it'll give them money to innovate. And to a degree, that's true. But then having control centralized in one place actually stifles a lot of creative freedoms yeah. because that one yeah. place is going to have that one way they want to do things. And so like that that's my argument. It's like I don't want there to be more acquisitions at least of not this enormous size. ones. Right. Like I, small ones I can get behind here and there because it could allow small struggling creators to improve their stuff as long as they're given creative freedom. Mm-hmm. But enormous ones I feel are dangerous. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I feel like, and, and again, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but I feel like that kind of goes back what you were saying about having control be centralized in one place. Mm-hmm. You take a look at, again, Disney with Star Wars versus Disney with Marvel. When Disney bought Marvel... They basically said, we're going to take a hands-off approach. Kevin Feige, Have you, fun. you do whatever you want and make us money, please. And he said, okay. <laughs> and he and so Marvel just does whatever they want and Disney rakes in the cash. But with Star Wars, they were like, they we're going to inserted take, somebody. Yeah, Disney was yeah. like, we're going to have complete creative control over everything. And it's a mess. And so mm-hmm. I feel like if Xbox goes into Blizzard and is like, we're going to take control of everything then it's going to be a similar situation. Whereas if they let well, and I think the it's good the parts of Blizzard has, be Blizzard. Does Microsoft have a history of doing that? And I don't, really I don't think, think they so. do. Like when you look at Minecraft, Microsoft mm. bought Mojang and then just kind of went, okay, Mojang, have fun. Yeah. Like they well, just kind of, they added a lot of the microtransactions. Well, they added the microtransactions, but like the actual yeah. game development of itself, Microsoft doesn't like put their fingers in Mojang's game yeah. development. And like the That's Java true. edition is 
still almost completely, completely Microsoft, Microsoft only free. just kind yeah. of migrated Microsoft accounts. So yeah. it's like Microsoft doesn't have a terribly large history with like meddling with companies yeah. that they acquire. They just have them under the Xbox like Microsoft brand, but then they're like largely still independent in how they operate. They're just now under the Microsoft umbrella. I could be completely wrong. No, 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 I agree. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this might be me as someone who owns Game Pass Ultimate and loves it, where I'm like, I hear that companies are being bought up by Microsoft. And like part of me is like the smart part of me that's like, oh, this is dangerous and we shouldn't <laughs> let it get too big. But then the other part of me is like, free games. Well, I'm like, more games on Game Pass. Give me <laughs> more, more games on Game more. Pass. You know, like, more. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to keep a close eye on this and see how this proceeds. I think we should definitely check back with this yep. on another episode. But we've kind of talked it pretty well through now. So mm. how about we move on? Uh, ben has some fun news about Valorant. And League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess I'm kind of more or less the Riot consultant, even though yeah. I have not even <laughs> seen a Riot employee, much less talk to one. So you know, If we get the chance, though. Yeah, if we, we get the chance. Someday. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah, love someday. to have a Riot employee in here. We got new heroes. <clears throat> so, just this week, a new Valorant agent was introduced named Harbor. Um, Let's take a look at this. I'm going to pull the picture up on you my. You do be computer. Indian. I yeah. saw his because it seems like we've got we've got the cinematic that they released, and then they released his mm-hmm. abilities, and that's really all we've got. And they don't even like huh. they only. Give like a paragraph for each ability. Oh, a sh- very short. We're talking like two sentences for each ability. Mm-hmm. They don't even have like a game gameplay footage of them. All we have is the cinematic well, to base. There, on actually, how. there is. Did there they is a gameplay one? footage? Okay, but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually explain everything. But it gives kind of a fairly okay uh, expressive idea of like what he does. So he's pretty clearly a very area control heavy agent, mm-hmm. where he will put up walls that cannot be shot through, or little like little orbs, little orbs, Zarya bubbles like, of water. Uh, kind of like jets, little like smoke screens, but those things are also impervious to bullets. So oh. it, it it kind of it makes it so he makes terrain that is a lot harder to deal with, where you can't shoot through it. You have to go in personally, and it just puts you into a lot more dangerous position. So I feel like a lot of players are going to hate playing against him. Then mm-hmm. <laughs> he's literally a waterbender. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure his ultimate is going to be. Yeah, it's an, an AOE geyser effect. Yeah, it's basically. Uh, what's that one? Overwatch two, Bastion. Sigma, Bastion. Uh, Bastion. Basically, where he's hmm. gonna shoot up into the air, and then it all—it's gonna be like a kind of mortar on each person. Mm. Where oh, I it's think, a water mortar. Okay, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I think what it does is it puts a circle around them, and they have to get out of that circle, or else they're gonna get bombed. Oh no! It's no, it's doom. It's more like Doomfist ult is what uh, it is. Okay. Mm-hmm. But oh, while oh. while we're on the subject. Sort of of Bastion's alt. Did any of you guys <laughs> I, see the glitch? Oh, I loved mm-hmm. it. The <laughs> no, what happened? So, so moving uh, sidetracking from Valorant here. So Bastion has his ultimate where it, it's like he shoots up in the air and then it's basically artillery fire. He has three artillery fires, three artillery shots that he can fire down, mm-hmm. and then it's like in a set spot. And as long as you move out of the zone that's been highlighted, you're safe. But wow. there was a bug at release. Where if you, before you fired your third shot, if you pressed the ultimate button and fired the third shot at the same time, you then got to fire 
unlimited rounds until the ultimate duration finishes, <laughs> no. which was about six, seven seconds. So you could literally carpet bomb yeah. an area. Oh, like there, there are clips. There were clips on the Overwatch subreddit of just people like, <laughs> like hearing. Seagull was yeah, the just like just one. seeing just the entire floor of the map it's turn red. red, and they're like, oh, and then it's just. Laughter ensues. It was oh, so funny. Extreme Gosh. bombing. And like yeah. going through walls and ceilings. You know, like I saw a yep. clip of this one. I think they were playing Tracer and they like saw it begin. And so they like ran into a building. It corners you. And then it just like. The it followed them. It, it, was, it was so <laughs> funny. And honestly, what, but what was funny is though, that it was bugged, but it still only got like a kill. Two yeah, if they yeah. were lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because Bastion is... It's like that bug, honestly, some people in the community, and I agree with them, were all like, just just keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe put some nerfs on like the rate of fire, but that's kind of fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so it sounds like that's, his ult is like that, but not I busted. was actually going to make a comparison to a character I like in Genshin Impact. Uh, Kamisato Ayato is his name. It's kind of fun because it rhymes. Um, <laughs> and he does, his ultimate actually creates an area of effect where like these huge, basically water spears, but they look more like droplets. Well, they're kind of narrow, but they'll fall down and they'll target enemies within that area and strike them, dealing a lot of damage, to be frank. So I'm kind of imagining this, but a little more like a, a mortar. Is, is mm-hmm. how you described it, yeah? It's, it's basically okay. where he just he presses his X button, all of a sudden every, all the enemies get a circle around them, and they have to get out of that circle or else they're going to get hit in the they explosion. Okay. I feel and, like and that could damage. have some pretty limited use because games like Valorant and Overwatch rely so much on mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, his other abilities, though, they just sound like they'll be such a pain to deal with. I know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so, waves of water and shielding spheres and then walls of water that mm-hmm. seem to go... I mean, in the, I, I guess I missed the gameplay trailer. How how long can the high tide, the wall of water, go? So from what I saw, it doesn't. It seems it has like a fairly kind of average length where okay. it can, you can clear most... Uh, most sites mm-hmm. like a or b site with a wall with a wall so it'll probably like you can go from cover and get to like the other side of the zone I, that's what i would assume that seems mm-hmm. the most because it's like it's either a really big wall or we're talking like a may wall kind of like right. size of things uh, from um, the i saw like a brief gameplay clip when i just looked up harbor just okay. now <laughs> yeah. and it looks a bit longer than may longer wall. may wall like it looks pretty big like I, I, maybe if you doubled or maybe even tripled, tripled the may wall, wall. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting, I'm looking at this this footage right now. He's got this portion of the wall that just moves, and he's, like, walking behind it. So his ability um, is he's able to throw out, like, an orb, and he can trace out any kind of, like, shape yeah. he wants. You, and you, then you pass the wall anything. forms in that shape. So it, it, it seems like it would be something that's kind of difficult to do because it's not, like, a top-down perspective where you can draw little smiley faces. No, you have to know <laughs> the terrain and know where the doorways mm-hmm. are and yeah. throw it. And so he's going to have a very high skill requirement. Because it's weird. It's like it's a wall placement, and typically, yeah, they're usually, like, instantaneous. You, like, find the area you want and you place it. It sounds like this is, like, a projectile-based wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You throw, the, you send the projectile tile out and then the wall comes out you don't get this instantaneous yeah. block yeah. now you like, know like uh like sigma's barrier but way cooler <laughs> oh interesting article i just really found valorant pros underwhelmed by harbor on release interesting yeah. so i mean like he, he doesn't seem broken it just seems like he's gonna have a very niche kind of skill set well yeah he's a controller only... so it's like you, you that, yeah. that you have to have that you want that play style mm-hmm. and if you don't care for a controller play style well you're not going to play him yeah it's, it's definitely it's going to be dependent on, on basically on maps and also very generally on the player base mm-hmm. itself that like you know 
do I want to play someone whose basically only ability is to put up walls that you can't <laughs> shoot through? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I played a lot of support characters in Team Fortress 2, uh, but they were more damage-dealing support like Engineer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I was actually, I got um, mo- most valuable player more often as Engineer than any other <laughs> class. <laughs> well, look go. out, guys. We got a pro TF2 player over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like maybe three times total, and two of them were Engineer, but still. <laughs> got it, got it. <laughs> so... Going on to the other right game, mm-hmm. we have League of Legends that just, it was... All we got was a reveal trailer. Yeah. So, just Thursday, there was a little like a little teaser trailer, and then just today, there was an actual like cinematic trailer, kind of showing like his, he's kind of this monster hunter, so he liked to go out and just fight monsters, and it kind of gave a backstory where, you know, he his biggest monster was actually his own pride. Because he wouldn't like take peep things and like situations seriously, and so that ended up wow. being the mo- the greatest monster he had to defeat. Uh-huh. And so it was kind of just a cool little story on that. Very a very cool animation style, which I enjoyed. But uh, they haven't given an ability list. Mm-hmm. Or they, they, there's no ability list yet, but th- um, in like the mid season kind of like little video that they showed that kind of show yeah and the harbor was the same way in his release cinematic where it's like even though they hadn't released the abilities at the time of the trailer you could see them used in the cinematic well in the cinematic it didn't really show much it, so in the mid-season video they kind of talked about their future idea for champions and one of them was this new character called Cas- I, I think it was Cassante I Cassante. think it was yeah, yeah. Cassante. I just looked him up and uh, what he's going to do is he's going to be a tanky uh, top laner who's has kind of like two different fighting styles where he has these weapons that will break and form kind of like sharp sharper weapons because like he usually uh-huh. has these big blunt club kind of shaped things uh-huh. kind of like what are those uh one weapons that are like kind of fairly popular in like uh asian media where you have like you hold the stick and basically wolverine claws mm. You, you hold the stick and it kind of a nightstick. That's oh, it. that's what you're talking. The, the yeah. reverse, the reverse blade on your forearm, basically. Yeah. So he basically has those, but they're massive, mm. freaking like size of a person. I guess I don't know. He's a big dude, but uh, he they'll like break, and then he'll be do more focused on like fast martial damage art dealing. Kinda... Mm-hmm. Mm. And so it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting play style where I think uh, he'll be kind of focused more on like big AOE damage, kind of go in disrupt and like just be annoying and then eventually there's gonna be a certain point where like i don't know it's gonna be kind of like similar to like trinmir or nar where he has like a rage meter built up and then his uh weapons are gonna break and then he's gonna start dealing stupid damage so depending on uh interesting yeah depending on how what kind of ratios he gets for his ad to actual like Uh damage output ratio it's gonna be cool to see what he does but yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll see if he comes in overpowered, he broken, or underpowered. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll balance accordingly. <laughs> well, what, something I did want to mention is that so something interesting about his name it it is K apostrophe S A N T E, and usually as I'm pretty sure in league, the only champions that have apostrophes in their name that form that kind of break are associated with the void. So the Void is kind of like League's version of, I want to say, like Zerglings or whatever, Mm -hmm. where you have Mm -hmm. like these weird, like insectoid-like monsters that they generally just want to eat and consume. They're basically like the overall enemy of the entire League of Legends universe. The flood of the League of Legends universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so so, uh, there are champions like Rek'Sai, 
And he has that apostrophe breaking up those two different words, uh, Cho-Gath, Kog-Ma. It's, mm. it's all these names that have apostrophe in the middle to break it up. And so it could just be a general stylized choice picked by the Well, and it sounds creators. like he, I don't know a whole lot about League's lore, but based on his, his accent, it sounds like he's from a region that is based around some African culture of some kind. Mm-hmm. And I know that that is in some cultures because they have cliques and stuff that yeah. they throw apostrophes in the names mm-hmm. that are just, you know, yeah, you make dialect and cultural Yeah, like, yeah. Cultural like names. all the, like a lot of the Wakandan. Yeah, like T'Challa yeah. has T'Challa. You know, the, yeah. the I actually uh, got to listen to a, a lady uh, give a speech who uh, knows one of those uh, languages where they have cliques and, mm-hmm. and I heard her speak and it's really cool. Uh, I just looked this up on Polygon and they say that Cassante uh, will be, is from the in-game region of... Shurima. It Northern says Sh- Nazuma. Nazuma. It's basically, it's Northern Shurima. <laughs> I was like, Ben just got rolled. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in, it's in the Northern overall Shurima. area of Shurima. It's, it, it never okay. actually was under the empire of Shurima, and it's been like its own province, but it's under like the general um, continent of Shurima. Oh, okay. okay. Interesting. Huh. Um, huh. He looks neat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, look, he looks pretty cool. <laughs> I just I'm sorry, think he's I'm neat. not a, <laughs> the, me picking league characters. I, I just he, think they're neat. I think he's neat. <laughs> Marge Simpson. Yeah, I think he's neat. Yeah, and so yeah, he'll definitely be very cool to see how overtuned or undertuned he is when he comes out. But I'm excited. It's gonna be fun because like also up in the upcoming season, they're gonna be making a lot of tank item changes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he would be affected by those. So yeah. he would be affected. I don't know when he's going to come out, but considering his trailer just came out today, it's probably going to be sometime, maybe in the next patch or so. So mm-hmm. within the next month, he'll be out. So nice. That's pretty cool. Good old, exciting. good old new heroes. Now, does League of Legends have the issue? Because Overwatch is starting to run into this. It's not like necessarily a bad thing. It's like the more heroes they release, the more creative they have to get with like hero abilities. Because it's mm-hmm. like Kiriko mm-hmm. just came out, and when you compare Kiriko to like Zenyatta. You're like, oh, that's uh, those are some no. quite different. You, she's over here teleporting through walls, throwing like throwing lives, immortality, yeah, with these little and Zenyatta. <laughs> Zenyatta's just got like orbs, and he's got like a Sparta kick. Does is League running into like this power creep thing where these that new is, heroes are like mm-hmm. weird? That is one of the biggest memes there is in League right now. <laughs> so like, whenever new champions comes out, they each have uh, four abilities and a passive. Mm-hmm. That is like their general kit, and uh, one of the oldest champions in the game named Nasus, his passive is Nasus gets 5% more lifesteal. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you take a look at a champion nay, uh, like Samira who came out about uh, was it, like, it was only even two years ago. I'm not sure. It's been a while. Samira has about Three and a half paragraphs in her passive. My, <laughs> no. all these like oh technical aspects, if and statements, <laughs> if, and. if and, a lot of if and. So, you know, the- I've been experiencing uh, the game. So, making a lot of comparisons between league or between games and Genshin Impact today, but that was a thing that happened. These things called artifacts. You put them on your characters; yeah, yeah. they help to build them up. Well, for a bit there. They started adding new artifact series with these stupidly long descriptions of how their abilities work. Like, you have to do this really specific thing to make it work, and then it does that specific thing. And everyone was like, what the heck is this? Because a lot of the earlier ones were just like, stab boost. it gets you this much attack, Basic or stab boost. this much elemental damage. <laughs> or 
When Mercury's in retrograde, and when Mercury, <laughs> Mercury's in retrograde, and you can see Jupiter on the horizon, consult the palm of your consult hand. And if the light line hand. runs down past, then you might bishop. be able to get a twelve percent boost on your strength. If not, if not, in all caps, if not statement. Oh man, complex. Yeah, complex games. <laughs> games like these that are constantly releasing new heroes and abilities. You they power get, creep is such it. It, it gets is. to a point where it's so complex where it's like, why would I even play the older heroes? Mm-hmm. Where you have to like be careful it's like yeah this new ability would be cool but like you don't want to make it so these older heroes that came out three years even like as recent as like a year or two ago are suddenly now getting they're just falling behind because you can't yeah. just update these old heroes to catch up because yeah, then you like, change the kit if you update you mess them up and then the yeah so it's it, messy it's a lot of these games today are getting complicated but mm-hmm. if we go back to a more simpler time we can look at petri dishes <laughs> a more simpler time <laughs> simpler a simpler time a simpler, simpler age uh-huh. so this was uh yeah this that was actually a really smooth transition. Um, I'm good. I'm good at them. Yeah. So uh, essentially, the last thing we we've got to talk about on our uh, <laughs> little set of news is I, okay. Technically, this happened like this is a December year, ago. I think, yeah. Like okay. But they just uh they, they just like released a, like a journal about the scientific it. journal. About the scientific it, journal yeah. about it. Uh, just a couple days ago. Um. But basically, a group of scientists um, who were working with what was essentially a bunch of human brain cells. And mouse brain cells, I think. Yeah. yeah. But like in a Petri dish, effectively taught this collection of brain cells to play Pong. Oh, they didn't teach it. It taught itself. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, it learned. So basically, what, what it did is it was. They realize that since this thing isn't like, I mean, it's just a collection of brain cells, yeah. right? So like they, it has no concept of punishment and reward, you know? So like they couldn't be like, oh, like every time the ball doesn't, you miss the ball, then we're going to shock you, shock you, right? Because like, it doesn't care. It's a bunch of brain cells. Um, so what they, what they did instead is they focused their whole research over on this theory that everything is like looking for order and consistency and they're like so what they did was anytime the ball was missed they would like play some random sound i, th- I want to say no it was, it was all like, so like all of the brain cells were put on a a chip i believe of some kind yeah it was yeah. it was on top of a microelectrode array and it because it's like you can't put like a visual representation of a game of pong in front of brain cells right what they did is they sti- they simulated a game of pong using the electrode array. Right. So they used electrical signals to, I-, I guess, essentially shock the brain cells to give them basically the feedback that it would be able to recognize the game. Because right. whereas if, when we're playing a game of pong, our eyes give us the input that we right. need to make the decision. But with those brain cells, it doesn't have that. So it just direct electricity into the brain cells right. and it triggered them to learn. And then it just caught on to using certain firing of the electrodes to associate with, with hitting the ball, missing the ball, where yeah. it is. And it, was, and it was some sort of like, there was some sort of aspect of when it, it obviously, I don't know why I said sound because their brain cells, yeah. they can't <laughs> hear. Um, but like, <laughs> but there was some aspect of the way they punished it or like got it to avoid. Cause like you'd think it's a bunch of brain cells. It doesn't care if the ball is missed, you know? But the way they got it to care, more or less, was by having there be some sort of, like, chaotic aspect. 
I can't remember exactly what it was, but maybe it was like something with the way they shocked it or something yeah. that was just chaotic and not consistent. And every time that the ball was missed and naturally oh, so they, they just punish it once the ball is missed. Well, they like gave yeah. it a frequency that wasn't as organized or yeah. that was, wasn't mm-hmm. as strong so that it didn't feel as, mm-hmm. I think it, it was like different frequencies is what it used to differentiate things. Yeah. And so like certain of the frequencies probably weren't as, didn't get as positive of a response. And so that yeah. was kind of how it based, but what was interesting and the reason why they, the biggest result that came out of this is like, yeah, it's like very rudimentary, but it taught itself to play Pong faster than an AI would. Wow. And that hey. that is what they were looking for the most was to see if this sort of thing in the future more developed would be better than AI. So, so instead like, of artificially creating intelligence through technology, you create real intelligence through artificially, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> you, you yeah, use biology. biology. You create biological AI. So, so like, I, am I going to have to in the future just like, you know, I take my laptop to work, I feed a little bit of nutrition into the side for the brain cell culture. Yeah, this is how Deus Ex started was this right here. <laughs> on to brain cells. Well, it, it was an interesting thing because as I was reading about this and like researching it, the question, like there was this whole article that was asking this question. It was like, okay, so like what's the eventual application of this technology mm-hmm. like are we going to have smart like smartphones in the future that are, are live like, yeah that are like part human brain cell and then it was like and then that it's raises kind of the question are these things sentient are they alive you know and like can we if they are treat them as uh, like okay that's devices. a little too far anyway anyway it, but like uh, it was a cool it was a cool concept and it was oh a my gosh. and it was crazy that <laughs> One of the things that really I thought was cool was they did the same experiments with just like mouse brain. With mouse brain cells mm-hmm. and cells, it wasn't as good. And it wasn't as effective. It's like the, the human, human brain cells. Brain cells brain. were consistently more effective and they learned how to play Pong even without the feedback that they didn't like. Wow. Eventually, I don't remember seeing that part. Yeah, That's no, eventually impressive. it was just like they just didn't give it any feedback at all and eventually it learned how to play Pong. Okay. Which... <laughs> Nice. I don't know. Kind and of weird. The, the 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 last thing I want to mention weird. that that they mentioned at the very end of this is like because they were able to find that these brain cells were able to learn how to play pong. That they've said that what they're going to try and do now, or maybe they already have because it happened in December and it just hasn't been published, is that they're going to do the same test, but they're going to give a dose of ethanol or essentially oh, yeah. alcohol <laughs> to the brain cells to be able to study the effects of alcohol on responsiveness. And I mean it doesn't get any it, you know it doesn't get any more baseline than taking basic brain cells playing pong, get mm. them drunk and if there's a problem with them learning to play pong, well then you make it you amplify that to the level that we are and then I mean right. you know. it, it was like I was reading something and it was like there are billions and billions and billions of neurons in, yeah. in each human being and then this like these petri dishes had like i want to say it was like eight hundred thousand. or I don't something remember. yes that's a very like, small amount very, very, very thousand very neurons. Neurons. yeah yeah because yeah. we human beings are incredibly neuron dense yeah so yeah. if eight hundred thousand brain cells being drunk doesn't allow it to play ping <laughs> play pong imagine all of ours being all drunk ours. yeah Checkmate there's a reason drivers. why you don't drink <laughs> and this this okay i, I before we, before we move on i did want to okay. say this too because it was actually super super intriguing to me Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this thing because it was talking about how the one of the big like breakthroughs with this uh, with this technology is the fact that it's better than AI and like computer generated mm-hmm. like computer te- uh, intelligence. And I 
found out that apparently the closest that we've ever gotten to like successfully emulating the human brain with technology was like they put together just like I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was an absurd amount of computing power. Well, yeah, because our like, our brain's computing power is like it's ridiculous. Pen and is it pentabytes or is it even more than pentabytes? I think it might be more. It's it's insane. Yeah, it's like but but keep going, keep going. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it was it was an absurd amount, and they were able to. I mean, essentially, they were able to successfully emulate one percent of the human brain's activity. <laughs> For one second. Nice. Oh my gosh, it's shaggy. I'm only using 1% of, of my power. But like that was after they put like just a ridiculous amount of energy, like computing power mm -hmm. into it. And so anyway, basically, uh, humans are really cool and our brains are- <laughs> Go us. Are really oh, nice. No wonder President Nelson talks about human body being miraculous yeah, or something. Right, right, right. I mean, we are- ridiculously advanced supercomputers mm -hmm. that's that's really that's really good awesome oh, so guys um i have really bad news you got bad news i just found out about this robbie coltrane oh the actor yes, for hagrid, for hagrid. Has died what? today he, yeah, he died, died today 72 years old he was ill for quite some time and he has now died i just oh. watched goblet of fire yesterday oh, oh man did you put your name in the goblet of fire <laughs> <laughs> no but like dumbledore Hagrid's said calmly calmly did, did, did you put your name in the goblet of fire oh <laughs> <sighs> uh, so gonna, we're gonna miss robbie coltrane yeah it was will. awesome yeah so Moment. that is our news yeah oh wait i oh, guys, wait. i haven't told you the huge announcement i teased last time oh yeah oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah this is big this is enormous it's big yes it's it's big news you ready okay what do we got ready? all right live um Guys, I'm going to be a dad. No! no <laughs> yep. Do we get to do a name tier list? Do we get to like, <laughs> we get to vote on the name we like we did mobs? I'm going to have to ask my wife if she is okay <laughs> with that. Um, well, I mean, like, maybe, maybe what we could do is we could like bring forth the names that we are thinking of and you guys make a tier list. Obviously, it won't have a, a say on our final decision. Do some character mm -hmm. creation. Yeah. Character yeah. creation. <laughs> Create character but, sheets for your kid. Yeah. <laughs> DD character sheets Here for a kid go. that'll determine its own fate, but we're that'll, like, no, no, no. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, but yeah, my wife and I are expecting... Um, and I've actually been to keep it a surprise from you guys because I know that Aiden follows me on Instagram. I, I don't know about you. I mean, unless the rest you posted you, about it, but I posted on Facebook, but not Instagram because I wanted to keep it a surprise for oh, this podcast. Wow! Mm. Now I'm going to post on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited. We're expecting just a a very preliminary estimate of late June, early. Yeah, May. that would be my guess. Right. Yeah, late June, early about May. nine, late nine, May, ten, early nine, June. Ten, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna that's be a awesome. father, dude. That's so yeah, cool. Oh, um, Congratulations. Get, get the Ooh. get the third plastic controller that you'll never plug in and be like, yeah, you're doing so great, sweetie. You're doing great. Just set it on my pregnant wife's belly and be like, all right, now kick. <laughs> now kick. Teach him young. Teach him young. I will raise Up, up, down, down, right. left, right, left, right, VA start. Get the Konami code. Ingrained. Ingrained. My child will know. <laughs> that is that is awesome. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm I'm real excited. All right, well, some people say that you should have your child like listen to Mozart. You know? I, I no, no, have your child listen to the podcast. To, to the podcast, to game soundtracks. Yeah, I was going to say Legend that's of Zelda. <laughs> yeah, Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy. Let's do this. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I do have another piece of news. Uh, Aiden will be excited about this. Uh, I have finally played Overwatch. Hey, two. there you finally go. Finally played Overwatch 2. 
I booted up on my computer when I had some spare moments, and literally I was just doing the opening settings when some guy walks past. He's like, hey, Overwatch, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have found there are a lot of characters I suck at. Well, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> I have found I'm, I'm decently good at Junker Queen. Uh, really? I've had the most playtime with her. Second most is Reaper. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. Nothing yeah. personal, kid. Nothing yeah. personal. Kid. <laughs> Teleports behind. And uh, the the one that I've had a lot of success actually, and the one where I actually got play of the game once. Wow. Was uh, what's her name? Oh gosh, why am I Baby's forgetting? Baby's first her name? steps in Overwatch two. Um, <laughs> Just describe the hero. You don't have to Google it. Court and I will be able to tell you based okay. off of she's got the ability. Where she like she's a, a, a DPS character. Sojourn. Uh, was it Sojourn? Wow, that was fast. She has like the the like bomb thing she can throw, and it oh, creates like no. this dampening oh. sphere. Oh that, yeah, like, the, no, yeah, that is Sojourn. Sojourn. I thought Sojourn. you were about to be like, no, she fire. I'm like, oh, maybe it's fair. No, I no. Wow, I actually got Sojourn just off of. She's a uh, DPS hero that DPS has a character. Well, well I've heard yeah, that Sojourn is actually like really good in Overwatch too. Like the, yeah, the meta honestly, of it. Is well, yeah, when you're able to one shot people without playing Widow. I've had some shockingly good results with Sojourn. I got my my one and only play of the game so far playing Sojourn. Play of the uh, game. I was really excited to well, see that's that. Good. I got like seven kill streaks and stuff like that, which is not something I normally do. Uh, but yeah, I am enjoying Overwatch too. I'm glad that, that you yeah. were finally able to get through Q Simulator. <laughs> I didn't pl- I didn't have Q Simulator. Yeah, the, the servers are pretty fine. Well, they've had maintenance on and off. Console players are still getting a little screwed over. Yeah, yeah. but. You know, anyway. console players, who's playing Overwatch on console? I'm sorry, but <laughs> PC is where it should be played. Even though I started as a console player, now that I'm a PC player of Overwatch, it is the superior I mean, version. But do you play Overwatch just... with a controller or no, with mouse, mouse and keyboard? keyboard. Mouse yeah. and keyboard works. First person Wonders. shooters are just consistently better with mouse and keyboard. Exactly. True. And then the, the, the console players complain when there's no aim assist on when they play cross-platform and they're like well, how come there's no aimbot <laughs> which aim assist isn't aimbot but i mean you yeah. know it's the basics of aimbot. But yeah it's like the answer that's real simple you know with a mouse you can actually point at a specific spot yeah <laughs> so. I, I, i've always been i had always been a controller guy and mm. i played like overwatch one with a controller mm-hmm. and i played fortnite with a controller for the longest time and just any game and then i got a gaming pc relatively recently and now I literally cannot play any. Yeah, kind no. Of the only the games, like, the only games I think that should belong on controller, like you don't play a racing game on mouse and keyboard. Yeah, you don't. RPGs sometimes are better on controller. I feel like sword, mm-hmm. like sword games, sword based games sword are based better games on controller, are better controller. But it's like if yeah. you need quick screen movements, yeah. like in first, per, if you need precision and quick screen movements, you should not be using a controller. Yeah. But if you're if you're looking for panning shots, if you're looking for steering, then joysticks are going to be your better shot. Yeah. Like you shouldn't... Like Rocket League. Like Rocket League. If you're playing mm-hmm. Forza Rocket League, you shouldn't be playing that on a PC. On a PC. If you're yeah. playing like Overwatch, if you're playing Valorant, you shouldn't be playing that on a console. Yeah, my, my, my go-to is basically if you're using a gun, play on PC. And if you're using <laughs> anything that isn't a gun... Honestly. Play on controller. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's Lego Star Wars. You do use a gun sometimes in that. That's well, I feel, like, I feel like with like Halo, it's like controller is like the classic Halo. Mm. That's you know? true. It is so it's like it does experience. depend on where the game started. If it started on controller, well, then maybe you play it on yeah. controller. But speaking of controllers. Yeah. Th- I well, was about to do that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of them out there. There are, mm. there are a lot of controllers from like standard to like the wackiest of wacky playing like DDR with spoons, like weird to <laughs> wacky. But there's lots of mainline controllers that everybody uses or has used in some point in time. Mm-hmm. And what we want to do is we want to we do some tier, some tier listing 
of mm-hmm. what 20 let me make sure i can count 8 16 wait 8 lots of controllers 8 16 24 26 controllers 26 all right so 26 controllers ranging from the original atari controller all the way up to the xbox series x and ps5 controllers and lots of things in between mm-hmm. there are some controllers missing I made the executive decision to not put the PS3 controller on there because it's just a wireless PS2. Now, I, maybe that could have been up for debate of whether it should be included, but I mean... I disagree, but I don't disagree enough to actually disagree. But we also <laughs> made the decision, we also made a collective decision to put the Wii Fit board and Xbox Connect on there. So, we wanted yes. some we wanted interesting some ones. <laughs> so let's just start, let's just go in order from how they're listed from like top row starting left, all right? So we start... Not quite with the most classic. Actually, let's start with the classic. We'll just write to it. Let's start with the, the Atari controller. Hmm. Because yeah. I feel like that's the best place to start. So, I, How do we feel about this. the Atari controller? I so, mean, it's classic, but it's very basic because mm-hmm. it's classic. It's a joystick. But like yeah. at the same time, the games button. themselves a were a lot more basic, you know? So I think it honestly accomplished a lot of things for what it needed. I wouldn't put it anywhere. I wouldn't put it anywhere like even to B tier, I would put it at C tier. Cause like, was it super basic? Yes. Was its response time? Not that great. Also. Yes. But it got the job done for very primitive video games of its time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you if know? you, when you look at, you know, you're playing like, you know, you're playing asteroids, you're playing Pac-Man, you're playing pong. Like, yeah. Uh, what's that one minor game? E.T. No. <laughs> yeah. The classic mining <laughs> game. BT. Oh, I, I thought he meant miners and not big. Okay. Um, uh, dig dug, dig dug. Oh, that's dig what dug. it was. Dig yeah. dug. I played dig dug a while ago. See, I, I like, would say oh. this, it's like a, an average, I'd say it's in a C tier. Yeah. C, maybe B because it's classic and we, do we give it. it a, do we bump uh, it to a B out of nostalgia? I think it's a C it functions well, but it doesn't age very well. Cause, Cause that's fair. I remember having even then like in early days, like, annoyances with joysticks and admittedly i guess they're still a little early for me i'm not that i'm not like in my 30s or something but Uh like when i got some plug and plays for christmas as a little kid i remember like joystick having woes the original joysticks were not awesome yeah so which is why the nes the nes controller obviously doesn't have doesn't doesn't have a, a, a thumbstick. Jason, why are you moving it down to D tier? <laughs> no, let's stick it in C. Oh, wait. Jason says, because it feels bad to use. To use. I mean, yeah, today it does. But at the, time, like at the time. At the time. Like, we give it C because at the time it functioned. It just didn't mm-hmm. age well. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay. the NES controller. Okay, wait. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go out. Oh. I'm going to. Uh, uh-huh. When we were making our own tier list before we decided to make them all as one, I put the NES controller in S tier. Really? Because now, did you do it I out of that. just nostalgia or out of like genuinely being a really good controller? Mix of both. Because I think that the NES controller is the grandfather of every other controller that has come since. Yeah. And and it's just, it feels cool to hold. I mean, it's just like, it's, <laughs> it's a classic. You still right have angle. like... I don't know. It's just yeah, but I, I see my my thoughts on the S tier. S tier controllers are the controllers where if you had to pick for a certain, you will go to this controller. Mm. I, outside mm. of playing an NES, I don't know when you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm using the NES controller. No question. <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. it's like I don't feel like it can go into. I I could give it A tier for being classic and that it being it, yeah. because yeah. its D pad is so they, much better than the Atari's dumb you know joystick. joystick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because like we mentioned this earlier. The in the podcast in a previous episode, the the NES controller, the NES, 
just basically took those controls of an arcade machine and made them fit into the palm of your hand. Yeah. And that is innovation right there. Nintendo's always been innovative with their controllers. Mm. It, I think A tier is a I great think place you for can it. give it to yeah. A tier because I feel like S tier should be reserved for those controllers that you're like, are your go to's. Like, no questions, no debate. I'm going to pick this controller or pick mm-hmm. between these two controllers. Mm. Yeah, my idea for S tier right now is like, if I'm going to go do an esports competition where I can Which win ones million, would I consider? If I can win a million dollars if I win, which controllers I would I consider? Top tier equipment. Yeah. Which one am I picking? Mm. The mm. next controller is the original Xbox controller, the Duke. Does anybody <laughs> remember the Duke controller? I do remember. The suckers. Fat. That controller sucked. <laughs> it was so boy. big. Like, that is no higher than C because it was just so Microsoft missed. I said we put it in D for Duke. Uh, yeah, D, for Duke? D for Duke. D. But, okay, in its defense, in its defense, wasn't that the first implementation of two control sticks and that made first person shooters I so much more I don't know when adaptive? it was released in comparison to the GameCube and PS2. I don't think Well, it, but it would have had to have been like because Halo was the first like big first person shooter, right? Yeah. And so I wonder well, if no Goldeneye. Uh, if you count Goldeneye, Goldeneye, but it's and like Doom, guys, Doom. Yeah, well, and Wolfenstein. Halo, Halo, though, were. I think was the bi- first big first person shooter to be a flagship title for a company. Because yeah, you have Doom and Goldeneye, but those weren't for Nintendo and the other companies. To be like, yeah, this is our game franchise. But for Halo, yeah. Microsoft from the gate was like, this is our game. You buy an Xbox to play Halo. Right. And I think that the Xbox controller, in theory, even though they messed with the dimensions, like, it's such a, it's a terrible controller size-wise, but fundamentally, the idea, it's got the right spirit, you know? Yeah. yeah. It, it failed in, you know, in execution, but you can see what they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we put it in D for Duke. Yeah. <laughs> you can make an argument for C, but D for Duke, yeah. you just sit there, you know? You, 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 oh, you right. sit it. He's just kind of right. sitting there. Sitting there. I just feel like it was a close enough argument to the Atari, which we put in C tier. But Well, no, Duke, because right. the Atari you put in C because for the time it worked, it just didn't age well, whereas the Duke controller didn't really work very well, and they had to fix it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Let's move on to the Super Nintendo. Oh, the SNES controller. The SNES controller. I have many fond memories of going to my grandparents' basement in Washington, playing the Super Nintendo. The SNES was incredibly innovative. It added the X and Y buttons as well as the L and R bumpers, which had never been on yeah. a console controller before. I, it existed in like arcade games, but let's be real. Arcade games, you designed the controls specific to that yeah, to, game. For to the game. game. Where this was like any game, you could have these four buttons and these two trigger, well, not trigger, bumper buttons and the D-pad. I think that belongs in A tier as well. I think you can put the SNES in A tier as well. I am going to be the voice of dissent okay. and A-tier? say that I really don't like those. I don't... You don't like the, the I, shoulder I buttons? I don't like the... No, I like the shoulder buttons. I don't like the... Oh, the round, the round. I thought parts? it was more comfortable that know. way. I cannot. I can't do it. Really? In my, yeah, in my opinion, I also have to say, it doesn't fit well in my hand. But I a rectangle know, does. Like, the rectangle fits better. Yeah. Really? Well, like, and you're also not having to worry about shoulder buttons with the, with the mm-hmm. NES controller. Yeah. Whereas with the SNES, it's like you have to have it. You have to hold it like basically yeah, on the edges of your fingers way. so that it can wrap a certain way. Yeah. Whereas with the NES, you literally could hold it like you're texting on a phone. Yeah. Because you're only true. worrying about, you, you don't have to worry about pressing two other buttons mm-hmm. when you're playing a game. So actually, I could yeah. get on board with the SNES being in B tier. I won't. I will not accept anything lower than B. Okay, yeah, yeah. then I think okay. B. I think B is <laughs> fair. I, I think just we think can lack of the actual handles that you see nowadays. Yeah, that go down, like you can wrap your fingers around. It just yeah. all right. Next mm-hmm. up is the original, the OG PlayStation controller. So this is the 
without the thumbstick. So it's basically the modern day PlayStation controller minus thumbsticks. It looks so interesting without the thumbsticks. Yeah, kind of goofy. Even yeah. though I never played on the original PlayStation, but for the time, because I mean, its competition was the N, was what the N sixty four and the. Uh, was the OG Xbox out by then? No, point? no, the OG Xbox was GameCube, PS two. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't have thumbsticks, so it's like when you compare it to the N64 controller, even though that one is weird and we'll get to that later, do you, do, do we think that it's, because it's like, design-wise, it's like, when compared to the other controllers it's with, it is the most similar to modern-day controllers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. With its, with like, its hand. So you, could, you could say it was like the, uh, uh, what's the what's the word, the pioneer, the pioneer. for that shape. <laughs> That shape of controller, of controller that has yeah. taken over. Yeah. yeah, honestly. So like it could be. I could argue. You could argue a tier, even though it doesn't have the thumbsticks. The just the basic design. Did the PS One controller have four shoulder buttons or just the two? I think just the two. Just the two. I honestly yeah. don't know if I've ever used one. Have any of us? Because uh, I've handled them. Yeah, I I haven't used the PS One controller. It, it has, has two. two. It has two. two. I think okay. definitely a then because you, like all modern controllers now have dual shoulder buttons and like up and. Like up until outside of PlayStation, A tier definitely. Outside of PlayStation, A-tier. controllers didn't start getting dual uh, shoulder buttons until the, the 360. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like PlayStation in the 90s. Sony in the 90s was already with the dual the dual shoulder buttons and the basic design fundamentally that are on all controllers today. So yeah, all right, yeah. I can see that. Uh, next up, Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Has anybody Dream. played the Dreamcast? No. no. <laughs> so, I've F. never played it, but the <laughs> controller design <laughs> like gives that. me Duke vibes. It's worse. It than looks the like, like a, it, it looks like a worse. square, but the bottom bit of it has kind of like been cut out. For some reason, I think it looks like a, a manta ray. It does. It does. Look like a manta ray. Does. I think just, that's definitely mm. D tier. Yeah, it gives me depression just looking. at <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe F, F for F in the chats. F in the chat. I, yeah. Do for we the think Dreamcast. the dream? I think the Dreamcast. I think, I think it deserves an F. I'm not. Oh, gonna... what's our qualifier for an F? Let's, yeah, you let's would never ever that. want to use that controller anyway. That is our qualifier. Okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, next up is the. Oh, I believe that is the Xbox. That is the Xbox One. Wait. Yeah. Is it? That should be the One. Because I'm trying to see the Series X. Is it up there at all? Is there another X? I don't think so. Oh, the, uh, the Series X is right there in the middle. It's the white one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the Xbox One is is next. Oh, you moved it to the to the end, Jason. Well, that's that's fair. That's fine. We're, all right. So what is that? Okay. So is that the Genesis or the Saturn? The first, for which was the first one? Ooh. Is that the Genesis uh, or the Saturn? It Sega six... Genesis, I believe, was before because it competed with the NES. Genesis was first. Yeah. So then, but the Genesis had only three buttons, didn't it? This one first has six. Yeah. So there's the Genesis. Then, okay. Right? So we'll start with the Genesis. Yeah. I feel like the Genesis suffers from the same thing the SNES does. Yeah. It's like design. It's like shaped like a jelly bean, mm-hmm. which yeah. isn't. And it has fewer buttons. In weird spots. <laughs> yeah, and in weird spots, I'd say no higher than C tier. I'd say C tier. I yeah. would honestly, I, you can honestly even I say would D put tier. It in D. D. I would say D. Think, yeah, D yeah. tier. D. And I mean, honestly, like, I think you could argue that the Saturn? the Saturn would be the same way because it yeah. basically just took the Genesis and added three more buttons in weird in, spots. Um, yeah. Even harder Which to press. Which kind of funny because like the Genesis had a really solid lineup of games. It was incredibly, the console itself was incredibly innovative yeah. for home gaming, but the controller's just a little wonky. It's just like, it, it, it made a little more of a defined way to hold it. Like it, it is like mm-hmm. kind of angled in a, in a way. So it isn't just like a jelly bean, but it doesn't have 
nice handles and like six mm-hmm. buttons six face buttons what controller has six yeah. face buttons on the right <laughs> side uh looks like the n64 well the mm-hmm. n64 is a unique case the yeah. n64 is <laughs> we'll get there first yeah. we have to go through the playstation 2 controller so we're, we're counting this as the playstation 2 and playstation and 3 because they're basically right? the same yeah I, i'm gonna say okay bold out here right now going for it a tier or S tier? I could I, I could get on board with A tier because I, I think love, that its execution. I yeah. played a lot of PS2, and its controller. Even though I fundamentally do not like the PlayStation controller, I thought the PS2 controller was at least nice. Yeah. I, I felt that it was a very good controller and that it worked very well I, because I, it's competition at the time. No other controller had, as we said, four shoulder buttons. Right, you know? and no other controller. I think. I don't remember if on the OG Xbox controller you could tap the thumbsticks. Oh. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Like yeah, that, I think, I think the like, PlayStation Like, I'm pretty sure the PlayStation control, yeah. 2 controller had more features than other the other controllers at the time. And PlayStation, Sony was once again just ahead of everybody else. Right. But whereas everyone else was getting more to the form factor that is more comfortable generally, they stuck to what worked for them and they just threw on the thumbsticks for them. Well, and, and I will say, I mean, I think the thing is, is the PS2, PS3 controller is kind of the foundation of the PS, of the PlayStation The PlayStation controllers today. And yeah. everything that's been added to that format since hasn't really been that worth it. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like, just go back to the PS2 controller, make it wired, I mean, honestly, you know, <laughs> well, maybe not that, but like, because the PS3 controller was wired. Yeah, no, I like, think, I think this is definitely A tier. Yeah. An A tier controller because it's got it's all like, the basics and it sturdy and like you wouldn't good. go to it as a, if a million dollars was on the line you had to play a playstation game you wouldn't go to the ps2 controller probably not but it's like it set the foundation for the controllers that we have today so yeah the ps2 controller definitely a tier right next to the one are we all in agreement yeah i think yeah, we're all in I agreement. agree all right all now right. for the, the honestly trident. the wonkiest controller <laughs> that i that has ever been a first party released with a high-end company what f I despise the way it fits in my hand. That's fair. I, I yeah. like that little joystick. You have to is, hold it in the middle, and then it's and like the, you can't use the like, D-pad. Yeah. If, yeah. if you want to like have to hold it in the middle to use the joystick, then you're not getting access to the other side, or else you have to like wrap around with like your right. other hand and touch yeah. it. So, like, it's funny. It that, is a despicable yeah. design yeah. where like holding it from the two outer edges. <laughs> you now you can't use the D. You can't use the joystick at all. Right, and so. Like, like, while this was the first controller that implemented a working, like, thumbstick, it was, the execution was quite atrocious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, but Jason just pointed out, C buttons, 10 out of 10. That's true. Like, Nintendo has always brought new things with their controllers, and the C buttons were, if I remember correctly, new with the N64 controller. Hmm. But like, it's, it's funny how like so many people speak so fondly of the N64 and it was, Oh, the console like, itself the console was great. Itself, it's yeah. lineup of games. Incredible. But this wonky this controller, controller. <laughs> it's like with the Genesis, right guys? Do we think this is a D tier? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I yeah. still say F. I yeah. despise the way it feels in my hand. I, I, I'm hesitant to put it in F because, because it's, it's the so N64 iconic controller. and it's the N64 yeah. controller. I feel like D, I, if we're going to give D to the Duke, we give D to the N64. Okay, yeah. fair enough. All right, next up is the Xbox 360 controller. I personally, out of the Xbox controllers, like outside of the Duke, which was just a mess, I didn't really like the 360 controller. It really? just felt... Like the 360 controller was the one I was the most I used felt to like the 360 controller was just too too round. Really? I didn't I feel mean, like it had any firm edges that I... It just... I didn't mm. like the 360 controller. And like when you looked at like visually, it... 
gave it didn't give off vibes of like this is a first party controller, super high tier. It looked like it was just kind of made and slapped yeah. together. But I, I also do think that they're arguably the most, like, reliable controllers in some sense. And hear me out. That's just because, like, Xbox 360 controllers still work flawlessly with PCs today. That's so, true. Like, I have if one. All, if I'll have, like, if I have, like, a big group of friends and we're all playing Gang Beasts or something on a, on a computer and you we need to plug in controllers, everyone has, like, a billion Xbox 360 controllers somewhere in their house. And they're very, they true. were very durable. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you could chuck and like, that sucker I mean, out a window. <laughs> you can, like, I can still plug in an old Xbox 360 controller and it might be, like, wonky. It might be kind yeah. of, like, broken, but it works. You it know, works. Like, that sounds I, like a solid B tier to me. I think it's a B. Yeah. I think the 360 is a solid B tier. Yeah, I, I definitely like it. It, it set the foundation for the modern ones, and it mm-hmm. definitely improved on the OG's controller. A but lot. It's like <laughs> I wouldn't pick the 360 as as a controller that yeah. I would use. Yeah. However, this next controller, if it's a Smash Bros game, oh, you plug S-tier. in my GameCube S-tier. controller. Yeah, I'm totally S the GameCube Nintendo. The fact that you haven't made a first party wireless GameCube controller is atrocious. Yeah. I'm honestly. gonna be completely honest say, with you. The GameCube controller <laughs> lends itself very well to GameCube games and Smash Bros, but not much else. Well, yeah, but it's like That's because the true. games that it, it's like when you use the GameCube controller for the Wii for Mario Kart and stuff. Yeah, it's it's like all you need. You wouldn't just like mm-hmm. you wouldn't if you had an option between a PlayStation controller and an Xbox controller and a GameCube controller to play Mario Kart or Smash on like a PC. Okay. Why would you? Why would you, if you don't pick the GameCube controller, people are gonna think you're weird. Right. It's true. But and. Uh, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was gonna say, but for literally like any other for game, any other game, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't like pick hear it. me out. I think it could still work well for those, but just for, the button, for different it reasons. Limits the button limitations would be the biggest yeah. limiting factor. It's like, but I actually think personally, the different shapes and placement of the buttons on the GameCube they're controller, so nice. It mm-hmm. is, and I think that's one of the most amazing things about it. Is a button is like the one you're going to use the most. It's the biggest. It's in the center. It's flat. You don't need to memorize like, okay, the PlayStation, your select button is on this area, whereas with the Switch, it's over here, and with the Xbox, it's over there. Pick it's the like, big no, green button. It is button. the big yeah. flat one that goes right under your thumb when you just grab the controller naturally. And like when you think of like modern day controllers over the last you know couple decades, the GameCube controller is like the most colorful isn't it it, it is oh, yeah. colorful it's pretty well the switch um the joy cons uh, no but the buttons but aren't colorful, buttons are colorful. and the different shapes too i mean the x and y buttons are different shapes they're literally they're literally jelly beans they're jelly beans <laughs> that are peripherals to the a it gives a feeling of completeness and wholeness and it allows you to navigate it completely by touch you don't need to look down um and Y comes before X? Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Wait, what? Um, <laughs> On the like, controller, it does. The though. layout it's in just, your hands it feels so, so, well. so good and allows you to, to go on a much more basic, instinctual level when you're first learning it. Whereas with so many other controllers, you've got to be like, okay, where's that you button? You have to look you down look and be it, like, where's the X? And then, where's the yeah, Y? And eventually, you memorize it, but it's it's more of a learning curve. The GameCube controller yielded itself to family-friendly from the get-go because yeah. it's bright and colorful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's the, it's the only controller we're like just by holding except perhaps the Wiimote where by holding it your you fingers know how automatically works yeah mm. and yeah. The, it's like it is the only controller that is like what it's like 20 years old now right uh, the only controller that's old? like 20 years old that people still use today this like show. nobody's going back to the PS2 controller yeah nobody's going back to the original Xbox controller but with the the GameCube controller it's like people are still going back like yeah. Nintendo needs to get better with it it's like why don't we have like just a straight first party USB 
GameCube controller. Well, we have GameCube controllers that can be hooked up to modern but they need adapters. devices like switches and stuff, but you need to buy an adapter. It's like, why don't we have just a straight GameCube yeah. USB? Why don't we have a Bluetooth GameCube controller? Like mm-hmm. Nintendo, everybody loves this controller, and you've done nothing with it other than allow have USB adapters. They're, they're like Gabe Newell. They only want to innovate. They don't want to go back and use the tried and true. <laughs> I don't know. There you go. All right, welcome back, everybody. So just before we continue... We had some difficulties in the audio booth where we were filming, and so we are now, later in the day, finishing where we left off, and you'll notice immediately, mics may sound a bit different. We are genuinely in just a room in one of the dorm rooms on campus, all just filming with our own mics and laptops. It's honestly the definition of like a college dorm room podcasting experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty bad. A little it's, jank, but Our current work. situation looks like we are fueled off of monster energy and ramen. Yeah, it looks like we all we just, are. We are all like working on homework, just kind of like <laughs> at once. We're all just like, oh, you, how's your essay coming along? <laughs> I think it's coming along just great. My essay on why the GameCube controller is the best one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to pick up right where we left off. I believe we just placed... We just finished the GameCube. The GameCube controller, didn't we? we? Were, you were trying to make a smooth transition into Wiimote when we had the into issue. Into Wiimote when we, we had like the issue. We were talking issues. about innovation to get excited for. <laughs> and so, yeah. So the Wiimote. The Wiimote is up next. How do we feel about the Wiimote? I, I personally, I really like it. I it, it was like one of the first ever... Like innovations for a handheld, yeah, motion controlled remote, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I feel like it's definitely one of the best remotes to come out. Uh, I guess remotes, controllers to come around in this time kind of day and age, and I would uh-huh. definitely put a B or A tier. In my I would think, honestly, I would think it's A tier. I don't think it's. I, B. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't accept it anywhere lower than. And A-tier. I don't think it's S tier because nobody's going to their Wiimote to play anything right. nowadays. Yeah, it's like so unless it was Wii Sword Play. Was incredibly <laughs> the Wiimote was incredibly comfortable. It responded very well. However, we we did become pretty keenly aware of its weaknesses about the time that Skyward Sword came out. Yeah, it's like Skyward Sword was looking for a level of precision that the the technology just simply wasn't there yeah. in the Wiimote to make. But I mean, like you could play things like Just Dance and stuff like that and do great things. That well, was- I think I think it's interesting that the Just Dance games still like released for the wii up until like 2020 well i mean yeah it's not like, <laughs> like i mean it's not like those just dance games like graphically like right. s- powerhouses you can still run those on the wii on the wii uh-huh. but but then it's just like the wii was such a good way to do it with the wii and it was also mm-hmm. fluid and it's, so it's Ubisoft so comfortable in your like, hand yeah. it feels so natural to hold it oh until you have to yeah. play mario kart sideways Oh. But, but i'm no, gonna, be, I'm gonna be honest the mario kart steering wheel accessory for the wiimote is probably one of the more fun ways to play Mario Kart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Concept. I never liked it though. I actually hated the steering wheel. Oh, I it's, tried it, it, and I it hated wasn't it. a very good controller, but it was still a very unique. Oh well, yeah. You know, very, it I mean, took you back you're to not when playing you had Dark like, Souls with it. But <laughs> I'm sure someone's tried. Someone's tried. You know, you bring up a good point though. The Wii Mote had a whole ton of peripheral accessories that could be attached to it to change the way a game felt. Like, remember the crossbow thing for Link's crossbow training? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the the wheel for Mario Kart. I remember we had this, like, Nerf video game, if it you believe like it. Yeah, like it. had, like, a gun. It had a gun thing. attachment. Yeah. So, they could actually be turned into a Nerf gun if you just put the core piece in after you pulled out the Wiimote. Like, it was there just, were all these fun peripherals. But, like, but even though it was great, like, the unfortunate bit was the GameCube controller was right there, and a lot of Wii games that were, like, important for controls, they were like, they or had- you can play it with a GameCube <laughs> controller, you know? I remember playing... I never played Sonic Unleashed with a Wiimote. I was yeah. like, no, I'm going to use my GameCube controller. I never played Brawl or Melee on the Wii with a Wii controller. Yeah. <laughs> well, but then 
they kind of did the same thing when the Wii U came out, where the Wii U primarily relied on the Wiimote as its like primary controller. Yeah, it, yeah, it but did. like they didn't, they don't really try to create a new controller except for that one pad that came yeah, with every Wii U. Right. The Wii U didn't try Wii and reinvent was, anything. It was designed to work off the Wiimote, which is like a one-time thing in Nintendo history, keeping a controller across a console. That right? is the only time. It's ever that is happened. the only time. But what's funny is the. There was also another forgotten, sometimes forgotten controller of the Wii, the Wii Classic controller. <laughs> did, no. did, any, did any of us actually ever use, did anyone I, own I, it? I did not own it. I had a friend who had one. You used it. One time we were playing Smash Bros and he didn't have a GameCube controller and I was like, I need a GameCube controller because it was like right when Brawl came out so I was so used to melee controls and I tried to use it and it was awful. Because Zero like looking, 10. it looks like <laughs> a worse version of the SNES controller, except it they've really added does. some sticks to it. It is a large part of the reason why I hate the SNES controller <laughs> because it reminds me. So, of it. I, so, so maybe your opinion's skewed. We need to up the SNES. I mean, well, honestly, I I'm not 100 willing to just take this amalgamation. Of a, <laughs> of a controller and put it all the way down in either D or F tier. Yeah. Do we just think like, this is an F controller? I don't think, I think it's, it's an F atrocious enough to be an F controller. I mean, I guess I haven't used it that so much. So we think it's when a D controller? When you hold them in your hand, you feel like you could snap the thing in half and just by using it. looks it. like you well, could and snap it You couldn't even yeah. use it on its own. You had to plug it in as Into if it were a nunchuck to the Wii controller. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That was weird. So I think this goes no high. This is definitely a D. You could argue F but I think D. I'd argue F, but I'm actually. I'm satisfied with do D. we think that this? But when we look at it, it's like, hmm. Do we oh, think like, this is the same tier of control as the N64 controller? No, this is definitely worse. So I think this, this is worse. I think yeah, this is Dreamcast F. levels of bad. All right, yeah, next up. Okay, so this one we debated whether we wanted to put it on the list, but we felt like it it worked. So the Wii Fit Board <laughs> is technically a controller peripheral. Yeah, it is. It's a controller because it doesn't need to attach to the Wii Mote. In fact, honestly, it's a bit more of a controller than the Wii than Classic. Nintendo, than the Wii Classic because <laughs> it can function on its own without using a Wii Stick. Yeah. So how do, how do we feel about this Wii Fit board? I've S-tier. never used it. Immediate S Immediate S tier. No, I'm just kidding. I'd say it goes like no high. It's like C or D. Honestly, I'm totally fine to put it in C tier. It's cool. C tier. C for cool. All right. C for cool. It's a cool design. Oh my gosh! It's only the second one we put in C tier, guys. Yeah. It's like mid. It's a mid controller. Yeah, it's mid. It's mid. It's, mid. it's, mid. it's, it's interesting. Good. It's good for what it's designed for. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly which is what we literally said about just we fit and we fit plus. Where we fit yeah. only. Yeah, and that's literally what we said about the Atari joystick. So it I was good for C-tier. what it was. Yeah, C tier. All right. Next up, the PlayStation Four controller. That's the which I believe one, right? is considered widely as the best PlayStation controller. If I... I'm not wrong. Am at a tie between the PS4 and the PS3 controller. I well, but the say. PS3 isn't on here. Mm-hmm. Well, PS3, PS2. Well, like if you had, if you, if you were as as Ben stated earlier, mm-hmm. like if you were in a situation where you had to go to a tournament for games on PlayStation Millions or even on PC on that were a controller, and there's a, a million dollars on the line, would you consider to bring the PS4 controller? Would it be in conversation? I would prefer the PS4 controller over. Basically, any other so controller. For ben, it would be yeah. in contention. For me, it wouldn't be, but that's just because I'm biased against PlayStation controllers. But it would be my top pick for PlayStation controllers. 
controllers overall probably not but so like if you were on if you had to play on a pc mm. and you had and a controller was going to be the best thing you'd pick a playstation controller wouldn't be your number one pick but it would be in mm. conversation like you debate about it oh yeah no a ps4 is okay. and if i have to choose a playstation controller i would choose the ps okay and then okay. kyle would you, would it be at least in conversation if you would consider it like you well, would be like oh, i have I'm not like even... next to no experience oh, with playstation so i that's why i've been so quiet i'm like i have nothing to contribute to this because i have my experience with playstation was slightly more than my experience with Overwatch before this uh, the other day <laughs> because I went with my buddy Thomas and he plugged in on his PS2 Battlefront 2 and we had a good time Yo. playing it and that was all my experience with PlayStation controllers. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, so do we think S tier? I mean, Ben would say S tier. I would be okay putting it S tier. Court, I'm, how do you feel about it? I I would put it. I would like. I wouldn't riot if it was S tier, but mm. I think it belongs in A tier. In A tier. What about you, Kyle? Even though you have no experience, you are the voice of. I, I, am I the tiebreaker? You're here, the tiebreaker. Do you think it is one of the greatest <laughs> controllers of all time, or do you think it's like a good controller but not up there with the GameCube controller? I have. Oh my gosh! I've only ever used a PS2 controller, so this feels weird making this call. Um, I'm gonna say. That like I, <clears throat> there's no medium between the S and the A tier. S tier looks kind of lonely, which means I kind of want to. You want it to be up there? there? But, Let's just put it up in there. Wait, but, but hold wait, on. Court. Do court? you really feel like this controller deserves a spot next, next to, to the, the GameCube game game controller? controller? Oh, in I my mean, opinion, like, my humble opinion, yes. <laughs> I mean, but then there's some other things about the PS4 controller which I love to death. But it's like there are things like the trackpad thing isn't really used for anything. The PS5 has the same problem. Obviously, you never played Destiny. I have played <laughs> Destiny. Oh, yeah, it's like one of those important things. Got to press that trackpad yeah, all the true. time to get the directions. Get the directions. But then, like, but then, like, there was the light thing at the front, which apparently, I mean, I never really noticed it, but it drained the battery, and that was like a big thing. That's one of the Ooh, things they got rid of in the PS5. That's an improved technical limitation, but. There. I mean, overall, like sturdiness, quality of construction, I think it's amazing. I mean, it, it is widely, and I would believe it to be the best of the PlayStation controllers. Yeah, hands down. And yeah, considering down. that we have one and two and A, I don't know that we can put four in the same tier as the two that it is objectively better than. So we either got to mm-hmm. drop the others or bring this one up to S. I don't want to drop the others. So, so then I'll, it, I'll I think by it default, S. it's got to be S. Okay. okay. Putting it in. All right, so the next controller on the list is the Xbox Series X controller, so their newest controller. I have never personally used it, but I've used the Xbox One controller, and I know the upgrades of the Series X, Mm -hmm. where it made the D-pad omnidirectional, so now there's eight inputs on the D-pad, and the they didn't have that already. No, it was just a normal four. It was a normal unless you had like the Pro controller, like yeah, the, the Pro Xbox, the Pro that had like it. trigger right. extra triggers on the back. So it's like it's an eight mm. directional D pad, and the actual like grip of the controller is textured. It's not just a flat. Mm. And mat. does it have the extra buttons on the back like the Pro? No, that's a Pro feature only. The Pro. Okay, because now I realize that. Uh, so I go on my mission, right? What does my family do while I'm out? They buy an Xbox. <laughs> Never had one before. <laughs> and apparently they got the Pro Controllers because it has all those extra... Yeah, it's got like, the extra bumpers on the, on the back. back. Yeah. And my little brother can type so fast with that thing. Yeah, like, I can type? I, like, yeah, so like different combinations of the buttons and paddles and triggers on there will signal different letters. Mm-hmm. That guy could type on that thing about as fast as I can type on a regular keyboard. I don't Holy know how cow. he does it. It was kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I personally, because I love the Xbox One controller, but knowing that the Series X is an upgrade over it, to me, I think that goes in S tier because it's like if there were, if, if it was a pick of controller, 
I my go to is an Xbox One controller, but if I had an Xbox Series X, that would be my go to controller. So I do I do have an Xbox Series S, and I have used the Xbox One controller. I feel like, and this is probably just me. I feel like the Xbox Series S controller is like objectively better. Well, but have you used a Series X though? I haven't used a Series X. I have a so Series I S. think the Series X is just the Series S, but slightly better. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is what they based it off of. Right, the controllers are functionally identical. Yeah, so think, it's like I think because wait, did I say Series X? I meant Xbox One. Yeah, the Xbox One is is just a more basic version of the Series X. Right. So it but took I the X. I think I like the Xbox One or better. It feels better in the hand yeah, than well, the Series but X. But you've never you've never used a Series X. I have used I have used a Series S though. I have a Series no, but S. a Series S isn't a Series X. I'm talking like the this Xbox X. The newest Xbox uses these new controllers. Well, well the Series so S uses the new controllers. For audio this controller on X the thing is the Series S. So similar. Do they, so the Series S uses this eight directional D-pad? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, shows what I know. So you like the original? <laughs> yeah, and um, I've, I haven't. Have any of us other than Core used the new controller at all? Not particularly. But have, have we all used the original Xbox One controller? I, I should have brought yeah. them. I should have brought all my controllers. Yeah. So, so, Xbox One ben, controllers. Ben, Kyle, fine. how do you feel about the original Xbox One controller? It's nice. It it does a lot of things that I like about controllers. It's comfortable in the hand. It mm. seems to be pretty responsive. It feels good to hold. It's one of the more comfortable modern controllers. It is a very comfortable. Like, I, I love the Nintendo Pro controller, but Xbox controller is so much more comfy in right. the hands. So then I think the question, because even though the Xbox One controller is at the end of the list currently, I think that means Xbox One probably is S tier, right? I think like, so. Because I think ultimately what it comes down to the Xbox One controller is just a weightier, nicer feeling version of the Xbox Series S and X controller. Yeah. Like, the new one is great, and it's got the omnidirectional D-pad, which I've never used once. Well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. But the new one just feels really light. And I don't know, personally, I hate that Yeah, and controllers. it seems like you're the only one that's used it. For me, it looks like it's an upgraded Xbox One controller, but if you're saying it's lighter, then do we put that one in A tier then? I would put it in A tier. I'm fine with an A tier yeah. for I that one. No like I like it, that. but yeah, but I mean, it's, it's not the Xbox. All right, one. next up, this. Okay, I feel like this one of all the ones is the <laughs> most like we were really like, do we want to put? So it's the Xbox Connect. Yeah, I pushed hard for this. This one. in my is like <laughs> the worst execution of like your body as a controller. Yeah. But there's a funny thing. Well, it, the PlayStation One was worse. I feel like the the thing with that was it was. I, I wonder if it was more of a software issue. People just didn't know how to use it because like it did have its inaccuracies from time to time, but I'm going to tell you right now, just dance goes mm. way cooler. Yeah. I just Connect feel I prefer playing it using a Wiimote and using a, a well, switch, uh, using a, a Joy-Con. I have a bit of a, a personal reason for this. Oh, because I, you see, I don't, I don't believe in like, if there's a difficult move on just cheesing it, Oh, remote. I don't cheese it. I'm a legit player. I had player. a lot of friends who cheesed it. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you guys something about me. I don't lose dance-offs. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact about me that has never come up before. But I don't lose dance-offs. I don't okay? dance-offs. <laughs> That's just, it just doesn't happen. The one time I have like arguably lost 
it was because we were playing Just Dance. And somebody no cheesed the move. Somebody cheesed. We did this okay. like Russian-inspired dance where you have to go like really low to the ground. Oh, Rasputin oh, or Rasputin. something? Yeah, Rasputin. Mm, yeah. And I was doing the whole thing that the guy was doing, but because I wasn't so pixel perfect, mm-hmm. you know, I was actually doing the dance move. Yeah. It rated me lower because it was on the Wii. My friend there is just standing there, waving his arms and then squatting a little bit. Not even like a lot. Okay, that's fair. And he yeah. wins the score. And I'm like, that's cheesing it. I think my biggest thing with the Connect is that its execution was not the greatest. I mean, like Star Wars Connect sucked so so bad. I'm on solo. I'm on solo. I don't think I've played that. That what was happened? such. It was so. Star Wars Connect was a game that looked like it was going to be the ultimate Star Wars game that everyone wanted always like there was a whole thing where it was like you would have your lightsaber and you could like fight droids and it would like match your movement perfectly and like the concepts mm. for it the trailers for it all looked amazing oh wait i think i remember seeing and the then trailer. it came out and it was awful and like a good portion of the game was like a just dance clone <laughs> but with all like star wars characters <laughs> and like star solo. wars theme song solo. and it was it was horrendous oh, no. it was very bad like the connect was not great it's execution it wanted it wanted so badly to be what a combination of the wiimote and the wii fit board mm-hmm. yeah but it didn't work it did do it well sometimes like i remember i had this game called like connect adventures well and it was connect, built and it was like but like the thing is for fun. for a for a first party like supposedly you are the controller like feature for it only to work sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> true. Because honestly, for anything to work on the Kinect, it had to be built for it. And it sounds yeah. like even then that's something. And like you had work. to have yeah. like the proper amount of space in your room for it to like be able to depth sense. It's just like. Yeah, but I mean like living rooms in America tend typically, to. Typically. But yeah. I just feel like. And but what was worse is that but. Microsoft forced you to buy it for the first couple of years of the Xbox One's life. You couldn't avoid it. Like they were like, but you have to buy the Kinect. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, but you had to buy the Connect to get the Xbox One. Yeah. Interesting. So, like, basically shoved it down consumers' throats. Yeah. So, can we all agree C for Connect? C for Connect. C for Connect. Yeah, but I think the Wii Fit board is a better execution That's of you as the true. controller. I, I think it's DB tier. When the Connect worked, it worked pretty well. But when it but didn't, it work, didn't work, it was atrocious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I then. Guess- on the con- on the topic of motion controls, though, <laughs> Sony had their stint at basically a Wiimote duplicate. With These their go wands. straight to F tier and nowhere else. You These really hate them. <laughs> <laughs> My experience with them came playing Beat Saber, and they worked pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just gonna say it: they're hideous. Oh they yeah, like look, the, the physical appearance design they do, is horrendous. They look like a toy from the dollar store. They, they smell like literally literally it too, a little bit. Do you, do you guys remember those toys you would get that had like the little spinning globe yeah. on it? Yeah. It would spin so they would have that like it would look like it would a make it look sphere. Like a uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, it's literally that. They took that. They put in a broken like made in China ripoff of a Wiimote sensor in the middle. The gyro. It wasn't, it wasn't like button. I mean, there was buttons on it. I felt but like the buttons the, were in weird places. The, the times that good. they worked the best is when you were using them as VR controllers. Yes. I felt yeah. that their application in VR worked really well because you mm-hmm. couldn't see, you just saw your virtual world. So if it was slightly off, you, you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So for their VR application, they did pretty well. But if you were not doing a VR game, uh, and like the VR didn't come for a while. Like I remember yeah. when the first trailer I saw for these things 
was one of the dumbest video game trailers I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like this whole like, oh, you have your like Nintendo or like you have your dog. Well, can he do what this monkey can do? And there's like this this stupid <laughs> monkey pet game. He's like, look, the monkey can fly an airplane. Can your dog do that? And there's like this like weird oh, sounding like dude in a suit. And he's like, yeah. But I bet your dog can't fly an airplane. Yeah. And then, like, there's the monkey flying the airplane. And then you see him in, like, this little, like, cart thing that looks like an airplane. <laughs> He's just riding in circles on this little stage. He's like, I bet your pet can't do that. Oh, and I'm no. like, what is this? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I feel like these are B tier. Maybe C tier. You think C tier? Oh, no. I'd, I'd put these F tier. You think they're F tier? I mean, like, is this better than the Connect? I don't think so. I think so. I think it's no, it's not worse than the Connect. Okay, eh. then we need to agree on C tier. I would not place them in B tier. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, no. I think C tier. C tier? C tier, okay. I think that they work better than Connect, uh, but That's, they're like not as good as a normal controller that isn't terrible. It's honestly higher than I expected. Yeah, I, I, would, I would feel... The VR thing I just didn't expect. I'd never attempted it with yeah. VR. Yeah, they worked really well for Beat Saber and all yeah. the... They worked really well, from my experience, at least. Speaking of which, we don't have any of the... VR controllers. We don't. We don't. That's because those are like, co- those are part of consoles as a whole. Because yeah. you're not playing VR without the That's true. VR. Yeah, really it's, kind of, it's kind of a different thing. So yeah. next up is the Wii U tablet. <laughs> so did who owned a Wii U? I did. I never did. And I had some friends who did. And I got so we've all, have we all had experience with the tablet at least? Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So, but Court, you owned it the most. How did it I feel? Did. How did it I actually genuinely really liked the Wii U tablet. It felt tablet? good to play Smash Bros. on it. It felt good to play... Uh, I played both uh, Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD with mm. a... And Breath of the Wild with the mm. with the Wii U gamepad. And then, like, we would also play... Like, there was this party game called Nintendo Land that me and my family will play all the time. It feels responsive. It feels sturdy. The touchscreen is completely useless, but it works. <laughs> and like, they, they never utilize it, but it works. Um, they utilize it for Mario Maker. I feel like have Mario Maker. Yeah, Mario Mario Maker. Maker. The only one that was actually used. Yeah, Mario Maker was the ultimate realization of what the Wii U was the meant Wii U to do, yeah. and literally no other game actually made use of it. I feel that like some Mario Party mini games made use of it as like yeah. a world map. There and were a few mini game things and a few other ones where it's like, oh, the person on the on the pad is on a different team yeah, for the three other players. Yeah. But yeah. none of them truly like use it as well as Mario Maker. And Wind Waker used it lightly in like really? inventory management. Uh that makes um, sense. But it could have worked with like a, a Nintendo DS port as well. The only time one of those well, yeah, and it felt like what Nintendo that. Nintendo's hope for the Wii U is basically to make a Nintendo DS as a console, that like makes in sense. terms of the games that operate, so you'd have your main screen with your stuff, but then you'd have your tablet that had like extra information that you could just glance at and like use. I don't know. Did Man. they have Minecraft on the Wii U? Yes, they did. they did. Did they use the tablet as just permanent inventory? Not sure. Because I, I feel like it. that would have been would have made the kind of, of execution that, that they were, were looking that, for. Yeah. So where do we think this is? Do we think it's yeah. B or C? I want to weigh in on this real quick. I'm going to be completely honest. The first time. And every subsequent time that I held the Wii U gamepad, it felt like I was holding a uh, leap pad. Do you guys know? Yeah, with the friggin' the console specifically for children. It felt I'm like, I am holding a leap pad. That's yeah. actually really funny. I, I will <laughs> say it was really nice to be able to like, especially me living like I have a bunch of siblings and we didn't have like a whole bunch of TVs that we could all like share or that we had. Anyway, so like if uh, one of my siblings wanted to 
watch something on the TV. I could very easily. Yeah, it was just, like the precursor to the Switch. I could just switch to my mm-hmm. gamepad screen and just play on that. It, it was definitely the precursor to the really Switch. Really well. Mm-hmm. Like, always just super yeah. fluid. Like, it felt like I was just playing on a handheld mm-hmm. device and it had a pretty good range. So I could, like, yeah. go decently far away from my actual console mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. No, like, no latency, no nothing. You know, yeah. I played a good portion of Skyrim, not Skyrim, Breath of the Wild, like that. You know, this is the first time I've heard so much positivity about the Wii yeah, U. Yeah, like, the Wii you U's uh, reputation notwithstanding, I'd say this is a solid B-tier controller. I would put it at A-tier. You'd put it at A-tier? I was tier? going to recommend because that. Do we think I A-tier? Really? Like really? A-tier yeah. for, the, for the gamepad? I think the Wii U I had problems, but the gamepad was, was not, not one of was them. Not one of <laughs> them. <laughs> what about its actual <laughs> controller? That one sucked. <laughs> The only controller that I've ever seen in the modern era that puts both thumbsticks at the top of the sides of the controller. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, this, this controller, <laughs> I, for my birthday, when we, had, um, when we had the Wii U, I got a copy of Batman Arkham Origins and one of these Wii U Pro controllers. Mm-hmm. And I threw up. Just kidding, I didn't. But, like, it was bad. I couldn't finish i don't know Arkham, why Arkham it's like origins because it was just the controller just it's one <laughs> thing for sony to put their two thumbsticks both at the bottom but it's another thing to put both your thumbsticks at the top of a controller yeah it just felt weird the controller feels flimsy and like you got it from the dollar store and anyway i would put that in f tier f tier it was Arguably the ben, worst do you think this, Have you had experience with the Wii U controller at all? I have not. I've barely even used the Wii U itself. So then, what your visceral? What is your initial reaction to this controller? Then, so one of my main problems with Xbox controllers is that the left joystick is at the top. I don't know why. I just don't like having my thumb all the way up there. I like having it, like the, the PlayStation style. Yeah. So the fact that both of both them are up there <laughs> fills me with such rage <laughs> that I also want to immediately put it in F tier. So, so do we think the Wii U controller is an F tier controller? I do. Hands down. I, I don't remember the Wii U Pro Controller for some reason. It's not the is Pro Controller. It was just the controller. Oh, it was just called the controller? Well, Yes and no. The default controller for the Wii was U the deep, was the was the, the gamepad was was the gamepad, but was also the Wii mode. It yeah, was intended. Oh right, I forgot the Wii mode was used as the Wii. So yeah. this this was sort of the Wii U an equivalent extra, an of extra the, peripheral. Uh, yeah, like what the Wii Wii Classic controller that we put in F tier. Uh-huh. This was essentially the Wii U equivalent of that. Yeah, and it was even worse. So then I would. Do we want to put it in F tier? Are we feeling an I'm F-tier? 100% willing to put an F tier. Yeah, because Ben sees both thumbsticks high and he's like, this sucks. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds painful to me. I'm fine with putting it in F tier. All right, F tier it is. All right, now, the Switch Pro Controller. How are we, how are we feeling about the, the Switch Pro Controller here? Okay. I like the. Okay. When I first picked up a Switch Pro Controller, I'm like, man, this feels a bit awkward to hold. I played with it for 30 minutes and completely forgot that fact and loved it. And part of the reason, though, for that was my Joy-Cons had started to drift. Mm, the drift was getting do. really annoying. I decided, my wife and I were like, ah, let's just get the Pro Controller. Mm. We got the Pro Controller, solved all our issues. It's great. I love the Pro Controller. I have no problems with it. it for some reason, it takes a little bit to get used to, but after that, you're fine. Yeah, I'm not, I don't hate the Pro Controller. I think it's like an okay controller, but it's like if I could use two Joy-Cons or a GameCube controller over it, I always will. I... Don't hate the Wii U Pro Controller. I think it's well made. The Switch and Pro Controller? It, oh, yeah, the Switch Pro Controller, sorry. 
I do hate the Wii U Pro <laughs> Clearly. It's an F tier. <laughs> like, it's, it's well made and it feels good. I don't personally, like, love the feel of it, but I do recognize that it is a beloved controller and it is well constructed and it holds yeah. up well. Mm-hmm. Is it my cup of tea? Not often, but you'll use it's, good. it's like if you, if you, if all you have is, to, it's like you either use one Joy-Con or a Pro Controller, like, oh yeah, Pro Controller every day. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like if there's two Joy-Cons available, you wouldn't pick the Pro Controller. Yeah. I mean, like, I've got a Pro Controller in my backpack right here with my Switch. Yeah. Like, I'll all use right. it, yeah. but it's just like, I found that. Eh. I think the reason I've been enjoying it more than my Joy-Cons is just because of the drift, mm. you know? It's the best Switch controller, I think. Okay, so is this an A tier then? Do we think that the I Switch think controller is A tier? I think A tier. Yeah. yeah. All right, well then now... We have now, quite the stacked A tier. We have a very stacked A tier. So now, speaking of the, of the Joy-Cons, so we have classified them separately because using a Joy-Con on its own is a different experience than using two Joy-Cons together, either with Very the true. adapter or yeah. using them separately. So a Joy-Con, a single Joy-Con. <laughs> if you're not playing Mario Kart, you're going to struggle. Even yeah. if you're playing Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's not I mean, that bad on Mario Kart. Not that bad. Yeah, it's not Because like Mario Kart has really like what? Smash Bros. Like if it you is doable. But would Long you? But you would never choose. Nobody in their right mind would ever choose. You never to choose. Use a single what you do, yeah. you don't have enough controllers. When you have yeah. eight yeah. people and you only have two pairs of Joy Cons, two pairs of Joy Cons right. with two switches. Just, yeah. So I'm saying this is like a C tier. Like it's functional, but if you can avoid it, you will. Yes, but I it's agree. not like terribly designed. It's just cramped. Yeah. But then I two. I would put it to B tier. But you think okay. it'd be B tier? Well, what about two Joy Cons? Well, I think two Joy Cons belongs in B tier. Okay, be so because I, I we can't some... put two Joy Cons with the Pro Controller because you'd prefer the Pro Controller over the two Joy Cons. I'll, I'll put it this way. I so this isn't the first gaming podcast I've been a part of. I don't know if wow. I told you guys that. Oh no. Um, Fair back when I was a freshman at the University of Utah, actually. I see. I'm a transfer student. <laughs> <laughs> You're calling me the traitor. I came here. I came here. <laughs> yeah, you're a traitor. You, oh. you of you. To you of you. <laughs> um, did you guys rank the the controllers? As we well? didn't rank the controllers. I did a special report for that podcast. Okay. When the Joy-Con controllers were announced, when the Switch was announced. Okay. I was in charge of watching that whole presentation and explaining it to every member of the podcast on the show. Mm. And I got to tell you, I was blown away. The the. You ever seen that meme of like slaps roof of car? You can fit so many blanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that like slaps roof of Joy Cons. You can fit so many fun tech gadgets into this because it's true. There's so much stuff in there. It was designed as a a, a console that had HD rumble, which allowed, which created mini games you could play. We could tell like, oh, there's a there's a ball this many in the controller. Balls. Yeah, um, it had an infrared sensor that could detect distance and shape. You could play rock paper scissors with your Joy Con. Um, they can split, they can go back together, like all of these fun little tech gadgets, a culmination of so many different things that Nintendo has innovated over the years. Yeah. It's amazing. In in design and principle and what they were trying to do with it, S tier. I might even mm. put S plus, but I don't know about Z tier. Execution. Execution. It works super well, except for one flaw. They drift. Drift. Freaking they drift. drift. And like, Are you sure it was like a personal thing that happened, or is it no, like, it like is, every single? It is a every universal single problem. I don't use my my default Switch Joy Cons yeah. anymore. It, they, it is a, a lot, universal yeah. problem that the Joy Cons drift, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, 
controllers drift. It happens. Xbox right. controllers drift. But the problem is that Nintendo has done nothing, nothing about it. And the Switch controllers drift exceptionally Literally easy. All, like, yeah. all it takes like Nintendo would have to do to fix the drift is a software firm update to the Switch to allow a setting to a, make a dead zone. That requires zero hardware changes. It's literally a software update. Now, they, they did make. recently release a firmware update for their controllers. I don't know if it fixes the drift, though. Probably not. I feel like that would be all over the news if it did. Yeah. yeah we yeah. would know. It's like if the Joy-Cons didn't drift, you could argue A or S tier almost. Yeah. But I'm, because they drift, I mean, they yeah. basically become not unusable, but... I mean, if they didn't drift, easy S tier, I yeah, think. easy S tier. Because they drift. Because they yeah. do... And because the, all of the cool functions that they have, like the infrared and the very tight motion tracking, are fun, but they only really use them in very kind of gimmicky games, a little bit, like yeah, one two switch. It is and pretty like, underutilized, like which is a shame. Which because is a shame. It's, it's very advanced, and there's so many things you could do with it. Yeah, it's honestly the most innovative controller, in my opinion, that's ever been designed. It oh, really huh, is, yeah. and I just wish that Nintendo games would make more use of all the cool. So B tier then between the Pro and the I single Joy-Con. I yeah. think out of execution. Yeah. All right, Just, that leaves us with the PlayStation 5 controller, which uh, last week I was told that this controller stinks. A little bit. Court, which Listen, I'll be real with you guys. <laughs> does, a, does a little bit of stinking. I, it feels so fragile. Playing with the PS5 controller, in my opinion, feels like I'm holding a little baby in my hands. And if I'm too rough with it, the baby will die. And like, and so it's incredible. It's almost stressful to play with the PS5 controller. On the one hand, the adaptive like haptics and stuff and the adaptive triggers Mm -hmm. and haptic feedback that they were like really pushing at launch. 100%. Everything they promised it was. It's amazing. You guys Mm -hmm. will never feel anything like it. They have a game that you, that like comes with the PS5 that like shows it off mm-hmm. and like there's a scene where like i'm walking and my little guy like walks out into the rain and you can feel and i can feel each individual raindrop on my controller like i mean it heck? was like like different surfaces that he was stepping on would have like different feedback what the and like wow. if there was like wind blowing like i could feel the wind blowing on the <laughs> controller like what? Or like with bow and arrow, or like in other games, like you can in, feel the tension of a you string. You can feel the tension of a so string. You're me they, you can, took, they watched the presentation of the Switch, like H2 Rumble Packs, and they're like, "Hmm, well, let's put it on yeah. one controller where we can't make it fully utilized, but let's make the best haptics ever, but put it in a baby feeling controller." <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's the thing. Like, and then like the yeah, like the adapter triggers or something else too. Like uh, you guys playing the spider-man like the spider-man playstation uh-huh. game is that the um, miles morales one or a different one both they have the miles morales one but then they remastered the original for ps5 okay. playing either of those with the adaptive feedback and the haptic or the adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback it's amazing you can feel each swing and you can like feel the web go you out can feel and... the web go out you can feel the swing i mean it's incredible wow but it's fragile but it feels so fragile to hold. I never use my PS5 controllers because I feel like every time I use them, they break a little on the so inside. So do we think these are... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just need to no. contain your gamer rage and then <laughs> like, stop breaking TVs. No, like, I, but like, I don't even... You know, maybe it's not the lag hard. cord. I mean, maybe, maybe it's, it's just, just you. you. <laughs> maybe it's just but a skill issue. Maybe it's actually yeah. a skill but, issue. But in all seriousness, though, like I hesitate 
to put this in any tier based off of your fear of its fragility, because this is something you've said about multiple controllers now. <laughs> That's true. That's, maybe it's just you, Corey. Maybe you are cautious about. Maybe you are just real, like Mister Incredible with your <laughs> your hands. No, like, I don't. I don't push on them too hard, but. I am really like I'm the kind of guy that will like go in and like meticulously clean his controllers. Oh no! But I can get like uh, maximum. Oh. So okay, so yeah. that makes me sound yeah way more OCD than yeah. I actually. Am. I'm not like meticulously cleaning them. I'm like you know get some mm. ice alcohol. Okay, so fragility issues down. aside, so A tier then? Because would yeah. you prefer like would you prefer a PlayStation Four controller over a PS Five okay. controller? Yeah. How about this? How about this? How about this? PlayStation Five controller. But it feels as sturdy as a PlayStation 4 controller. Would be S tier. S -tier. S -plus. Okay. Easy S plus even maybe. So this is an A tier then. Because you would yeah. prefer a PS4 because controller. The thing is, is I do acknowledge that I am very paranoid about my controllers and just about like how they feel. So I feel like if any of mm -hmm. you guys used a PS5 controller, you would love it. And you'd be like, this feels amazing. And this is S tier. So do with that information what you will. Okay. Well, what we really need to do is get the rest of us to play some PlayStation 5 game that uses the haptic feedback. Yeah. But our, I got a question for you. How is the utilization of this? You've mentioned a few games, but is it pretty widely used? Almost like, every single PS5 game I've played uses it in some way. Even third-party games like okay, like uh, Call of Duty or they like you said, it must be think, must be built into the sound. Then picking a bass it. specifically and like yeah, or a lot of developers will of add like will go in and like specifically design mm -hmm. haptic okay. feedback. And that's for, for like if there is a third-party group that can be talked, or if there's a a gaming company that can talk third-party groups into going with their gimmicks, it's PlayStation. Yeah, it used to, it was Nintendo during the era of the Wii, but after that. It became PlayStation. So do we yeah. think, even though three of us haven't personally played PS5 a whole lot S tier, just accounting for the fact that Court just thinks all of his controllers are fragile? I'm, I, I, I would honestly, with these descriptions of the haptics, I'm totally willing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm cautious, but I'm like, I think so. Okay. I, I feel like if so I were then, to... So like, we yeah. have two PlayStation controllers in S tier then. Dang. And, no, and we'll look at the A tier too. Yeah, well, basically like, every single PlayStation controller. I mean, Sony is put in makes a good controllers. S -tier. Like, I personally just don't like their layout of them, but I acknowledge that like they're good controllers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the other thing about the PS5, which I will say, and this is not just to me being over overly careful uh -huh. about the PS5. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> I'm believing. No, I'm just kidding. But um, the D-pad sucks. It does. The, the D-pad on the PS5 is awful. It's just like, you know how like a good D-pad will like you press down on the bottom one, right? And yes. I press well, on the bottom part of my okay, D-pads okay, all like, the time. You guys let me finish. Like you press down on the bottom one and it just presses the bottom. Of Wait, the are you telling me that it's all like one piece? That it's all one piece. No! no. Yeah, and next? it's like... Wait, it's, it's one piece of inter interconnected plastic that is just situated underneath the well, house. I mean, if it the, isn't, it feels like it is. Well, because but it's I mean, like, the Xbox One controller, the GameCube, the Pro con Switch controller also have a single, it's just one well, piece. I mean, with the GameCube, it was a stick. One piece. No, the, the D-pad on the GameCube oh, no, no, was, sorry, one, yeah, was one sorry, piece not, of plastic. Not the D-pad, the stick. But you're saying that like pressing yeah. down also accidentally sometimes presses up or it, sideways? Well, Yes, it just, it feels loose. And it's like you press down on it and the other three will like react, like visibly react to that. Interesting. And it like... You know, as the knights of the D-pad, I we feel like we should take that special consideration to this. I mean, I think beyond my own personal 
phobia of breaking the sweet baby oh, boy does of that controller. Just, yeah, because does that just go into your phobia Maybe of breaking it? that's just you. That's just you, well, Court. No, no, that's no, just you. This, the, no, the D-pad thing... Court is the issue, Court is the issue. I am the real issue. The D-pad <laughs> thing is something that I've heard from other people who use the PS5 controller. Okay. Um, Do we think that demotes it then? I don't think it's a big enough deal to All right, we'll leave it, it at S tier. There it is, yeah. our tier list. So, for audio listeners, currently, we'll start from the bottom. F tier controllers, there are three of them. The Dreamcast, the classic Wii controller, and the Wii U controller. It's so funny that that's down there. D tier, we have the Duke, the original big boy from the original Xbox controller. We have the, Jeg- the Genesis and the Saturn because those button layouts are a mess. We have the N64 controller because I don't know why you would put three handles on a controller. Thing was Aquaman's so controller. And then we have the Xbox One Connect because it worked sometimes and then it sucked the rest of the time. C-tier, we have the classic Atari controller, the Wii Fit board, the PlayStation Wands, and a single Joy-Con. In the B-tier, the SNES controller, two Joy-Cons, and the Xbox 360 controller. I would like to point out that we did agree that if the Joy-Cons had worked exactly as intended, it would have been S-tier. They would be yeah, S-tier. 100%. Yeah. Just the drift. The drift. The drift. The drift. The drift. Tokyo drift. So A-tier is the classic NES controller, PlayStation 1, 2. We have the Xbox Series X controller, the Wii controller, the Wii U gamepad, and the Switch Pro controller. Oh, Wait. and the PS1 and, or the PS2 and PS3 PS2 slash PS3 are considered the are same. Considered the same. Pretty and then an S tier, the gods of controllers. We have the GameCube controller, PS4 and 5, and the original Xbox One controller. Are we happy with this list? Would anybody we very happy make we, changes? I, I'm happy. The only change I would potentially make is putting the GameCube up one more tier. To well, that doesn't <laughs> exist. That's why it's the first of the tier. That's why it's first. So then on record, we are saying that the GameCube controller is single-handedly the greatest controller ever made. If there was a pro version, yes. So Nintendo is what's keeping the, yes. from it from transcending space and time. Mm. And it's also the reason why the, the Joy-Cons aren't S-tier. <laughs> yes. I think... Objectively, just like obviously, the GameCube controller isn't one that we would use for like most modern games. But that's because there's just not Nintendo. If Nintendo yeah, made a Bluetooth GameCube controller, I'd debate it, but I would pick my Xbox controller over. Right. But I think just like for its intent, like the games that it was used with, and it is like the only controller design, that is basically that is like 20 years old that is still being actively used. Right. On like four gener- four console generations later yeah. is yeah. still being used and supported by Nintendo and still so much in and demand still so and much better than so everything good. else like i don't mm-hmm. yeah i think um, yes sometimes um i'll bring out the old gamecube like if my family we all gather together to go on a road trip you plug it into your we, we your have cars the, tv the, yeah the freaking um the, the swagger wagon is what we called it the van we used to go on <laughs> and my parents got this uh TV installed into it that we could play GameCube games on. We've had that for years. And recently, this last summer, we got the whole family together to go on a road trip. We brought out the GameCube. Yo. We were playing games on the road. We were having a good old time. Dude, man. the GameCube. Oh, GameCube. That is awesome. All right, well, then that is our tier list. I think we're all happy with that. Mm-hmm. And that ends our fun filler segment. We'll end to the... The end segment of every episode now. Good old eSports. 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 Probably most of these controllers, honestly, to some extent. I don't know if there's esports using the Wii Fit board, but I would love it if there was. (laughs) I would watch 100%. I would 100% watch a Wii Fit competition. Yoga. Let's do this. So we'll move into esports. So Ben, why don't you kick us off with some uh, some Dota Two? 
So the Dota 2 International uh, Tournament is starting up very soon. And so the last chance qualifiers uh, just finished with Team Liquid and Team Secret being the ones to make it out, make it into the National. And so with the upcoming tournament, it's going to be very exciting to see how those two teams will pair up considering how hard they had to fight. They had to fight through, I think it was somewhere around like uh, four to three, four to five S of threes. Wow. To get, to get here. So it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, pretty interesting to see how they compare. And I can't wait to get watching. That's awesome. Mm. Moving over to the Overwatch League, uh, we're in the final week of regular season matches right now for North America. APAC finished their regular season matches last week. So the, the standings for APAC are already solidified. Seoul Dynasty number one, Shanghai Dragons two, Philadelphia Fusion three. They will automatically go to end of season playoffs in Anaheim at the beginning of November, end of October. And then in the middle bit, there's the Hangzhou Spark, Guangzhou Charge, Chengdu Hunters. They are participating in a play-in tournament Tomorrow morning, as of us recording this, but audience, when you get to listening to this, watching this, it will have already happened. So you actually know the results of something I'm announcing on the podcast. So good on you. <laughs> they will play in just single elimination bracket. The winner of that will join the top three other teams in Anaheim. And then the LA Valiant got knocked out because they couldn't pull it together. So unfortunate for the LA Valiant. Poor, for, bleh, eh, poor Valiant. Poor Valiant. Uh, and, but North America's in their final week of games this week. There's most of the... End of season playoff standings are solidified. So five of the six slots are already claimed by Dallas Field, San Francisco Shock, LA Gladiators, Houston Allies, Atlanta Rain. And then the final slot was up for grabs between London Spitfire and Toronto Defiant, but London Spitfire won their game this morning or this afternoon against the New York Excelsior, which means they have claimed that final playoff spot. So those are the top six teams. And then the Toronto Defiant, Florida Mayhem, Washington Justice, Boston Uprising will be playing in a bracket next weekend and the top two teams out of that will join the other six na teams in anaheim and so those 12 teams those eight combined with the four from apac will have a 12 team double in bracket over the course of a week and that will be the playoffs that take place in anaheim and i will be going to the last two days of that in person so yeah. excited for that so congrats here it's overwatch league yeah and then league of legends what do we got so as of now both Group A and Group B have finalized their standings, with only Eastern teams making it out, with Team 1 and EDG being the two teams to make it out of Group A, and uh, JDG and Dom 1 being the two teams to make it out from Group B. Group C and Group D are going on Saturday and Sunday, these upcoming two days, so it'll be very exciting to see who makes it out, considering that Rogue might be the only western team to make it out at least there's a western team that might <laughs> right. make it out so but it's, it's still up for grabs if drx and top esports outperform rogue tomorrow then there might be no then there might be not a single western team in playoffs this year which will oh, be sad <laughs> oh no western western league of legends not looking good this year it is not looking good this year Oof. that's unfortunate those are the three big tournaments going on. I know that Hearthstone had a competition going on. I think Apex Legends had a show match at Twitch, uh, TwitchCon. Uh, StarCraft had something at DreamHack Atlanta. Smash, I think, is having something at a DreamHack event as well. Some upcoming tournaments in the next week or so. Halo is having their world championship starting on the 20th. 
Uh, Here's the Storm has a tournament starting today, even their big international tournament sponsored by Blizzard. Today, as of recording? Today, as of recording, uh, okay. October 14th. And then EA is having a big FIFA Sports Cup that's starting on the 17th. So that's, what is that, Monday? And that'll go till January. So there's like five groups of teams. Everyone playing. say it with me EA Sports. It's, it's in, the, in the game. game. <laughs> so they're having their tournament and there's uh, several others coming up we're going to try and get better in the coming weeks of talking about more tournaments kind of splitting the workload because there are four of us so we can probably take two games apiece have have eight leagues be covered so it's not just dota league and overwatch league but for yeah. these first two weeks when we're still figuring things out those are the ones that ben and i were already watching so it didn't require extra learning of games but I we'll try if and- i have to watch the halo uh competitive <laughs> league, i guess i will if i have to you'll take the sacrifice it's I wouldn't a say job, it's, a it's like he's having to watch Fortnite or something. <laughs> now, here's something that I think is interesting. I recently saw an announcement for this on Steam, but Brawlhalla is doing competitive esports really? leagues. Yeah, I think that? Liquipedia is, has an alpha page for those, so that'll yeah, be fun. I used to play a lot of Brawlhalla, so I might be able to cover that. Yeah, they pick things up. I know Osu, I'm the, I know I'm the only one who plays Osu, is having their world, starting their World Cup up. I think they're in some preliminary qualifier rounds. So that happens mid-November. That'll be covered as well. So, of course, as always, though, if there are esports that we haven't talked about that you would specifically like us to talk about, just leave yeah. it in the comments. Multiverses is another one that might be starting up an esports scene. Oh, man. Potentially. See, there you go. I don't know. We'll have to see. It depends. They're getting to be yeah. so many different esports. Exactly. Oh, so we will, it will obviously be limited down, but we'll have more than three in the coming weeks. So that's the esports segment for today. Anything else before we finalize, gentlemen? Uh, yep. Let's all just, for the record, state one more time. The Wii U Pro Controller is awful, Nintendo. Why? Why did you put it here? <laughs> Why is that <laughs> the controller you go out? The Dreamcast okay. is okay. also down there. Before, <laughs> no, please, please. We need to, we, we can't go off on a tangent again. We're already yeah. like at around uh, two hours and eight minutes. So, okay, we'll yeah. end up. All right. Okay. Knights of the D-Pad is a publication of the Daily Universe. We'd like to give a special thanks to BYU Broadcasting for letting us use their great studio and to our editor, Jason, for making the show sound and look so great. Thanks, Merlin. Thanks, Merlin. Who's not here in person, <laughs> but... <laughs> Let's sign off. My name is Court. I'm Ben. I'm Kyle. And I'm Aiden. And we are the Knights of the D-Pad. See you next time. See you next time.